0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's a tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about. You can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersAndBakers.com
2: This is Gerard Gibbert, and thank you for listening to Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi. Who
0: are you? Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians. Okay, let's begin. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert.
2: and welcome to a new week of the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. It is Monday morning, Rhino. Howdy, howdy. We're in the studio, our Rhino and I, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. The day after we uh, recognize those who stormed the beaches of Normandy, D-Day, 77 years ago. Does that mean we are on D-Day plus one? D-Day plus one. Can you imagine the range of emotions? These were kids. They felt a sense of patriotism, fear, incredible fear, knowing that their chances of survival were somewhat slim. But they did it. Because they loved their country, and they understood the relevance of what I think at the time—if not, maybe still today—stands as the largest amphibious invasion, I believe. A hundred and sixty thousand Allied troops, about forty-four hundred, I think, perished in uh, that particular that particular day through the. The in, the invasion essentially of Normandy. The Germans were all dug in in the pillboxes and in the hills, just sitting ducks. I had an uncle who drove one of the landing craft, piloted one of the landing craft, which were just sitting ducks. Right, you just loaded up with humans, young boys, soldiers, targets. For the Germans, and the idea was just keep throwing them out there to overwhelm. Fortunately, as now history tells us, cloud cover essentially blocked air assault by the Germans, and and uh, sort of changed the the uh, the outcome. It you got to believe it was divine intervention to some extent, but uh, my uncle spoke a little bit, before he passed away many years ago, about uh, the emotions he felt when he would land his craft, open the gate, they would pour out, he'd go back and get some more, knowing what their fate was going to be. And of course, that impacted him and bothered him till the day he died. But nonetheless, we are free. And Europe was eventually liberated from the grips of Nazism, fascism, and reinstated as uh, a free region. And we are free, and we are a free America because of their sacrifice. So we just had to take a second to recognize their heroism and their love of country and their just incredible courage you just can't imagine and it's fairly common on social social media media excuse me for folks to post president eisenhower's brief remarks before sending those troops into harm's way and i can't help but think about the saving private ryan epic film which opens up of course and it's so realistic Heck, that was, what, 15, 20 years ago? I don't remember. The yeah, time. that was in the mid to late 90s. Okay, over 20 years ago, perhaps. So uh, anyhow, just how well portrayed that was, it really did make you feel like you were there, and that was y- using all the technology with respect to to sound and special effects available. Steven Spielberg, of course, an incredible story, but...
3: I was struck last night. I was watching the uh, CONCACAF Nations League final between U.S. and Mexico, which the U.S., spoiler alert, were victorious 3-2 to two after extra time. Yeah. Amazing match. But about 50 minutes, it was just after the second half had kicked off, it, it struck me because I was going through social media and looking at some of the, the posts about D-Day and those men who sacrificed it all and were willing to. At such a young age. And I remember they were touting the the youth of the U.S. team last night. Huh. That the average age of the players on the U.S. squad were 24 years old. Yeah. And I'm looking at them all and I'm going, wow, they, they do look pretty young. And then I'm thinking, but the guys that stormed D-Day, that average age was 20. Right. 20 years Four old. Four whole years younger than what I
2: saw as kids out there on the soccer batch last night. Incredible. Uh, and just so determined, so fearful, so patriotic, and also uh, to some extent resigned with their faith, and uh, many uh, again paid the ultimate sacrifice, made the ultimate sacrifice, paid the ultimate price, and and we are a, uh, a free nation because of their sacrifice, and we shall never forget it. So. Uh, in the meantime, our good friend Dr. Lock him up forever and throw away the key, Fauci, he just uh, continues to see calls for his resignation, if not termination. You know, this is what I don't get. All we heard the entire time that Trump was president, he's just a liar, and every time he moves his lips, lies are coming out of his mouth. What about Fauci? now, maybe you could say, "I guess he didn't lie i mean and that that gets i uh, into the weeds somewhat very subjective, but he dismissed a flurry of reports, and his this treasure trove of emails that has been uncovered i think demonstrates that he was determined it appears to dismiss the idea that this virus originated in a lab and was man-made, engineered through the gain-of-function work that was going on there in the Wuhan lab. He dismissed it, and he really was not forthcoming with the American people. Shouldn't he not be terminated because of that, in that position? But... What you get out of the left is well. What difference does it make where it came from? Wait, all we heard for the last four years was these lies, he lies, he lies, he lies. Like lies don't matter. It's it's selective outrage, selective application of the standard of telling the truth. Depends on who it is, what party they're in. That's what bothers me. First, you got in fairness,
3: admit they they have been saying they don't care where it's from the whole time because that would mean shining a big bright spotlight on their buddy, China.
2: Very true. But doesn't it kind of dovetail... That's
3: why they didn't want anybody calling it the China virus.
2: No question. But doesn't it kind of dovetail and align with this idea that seems to be taking shape in the Biden administration that America is, is second, if not last, on the world stage? That we're more concerned about the reaction, the perception of nations abroad than we are our own best interest. That's what it looks to me like. Oh, we can't offend China. Offend China? They're murderers. They're communists. That's what they do. They don't like what you say or do. You're gone somehow. You just disappear off the earth. Nobody knows what happened. That's the way communism operates. It can't operate any other way. It's underpinning is force, and if that force means killing somebody, they will. Now, you may think I'm sounding extreme here. Not really. Just go search and read about There's a whole wiki dictators. article
3: titled Tank Man for a reason.
2: Tank Man.
3: Yeah. If you're unfamiliar with that, just go look up the Tiananmen
2: Square Massacre. Nobody knows where he is to this day, right? Still can't find him. And all he was doing was exercising what we in America take for granted, free speech, protesting, petitioning his government. Can't do that over there. Yet we kowtow to them. It's like we laud them. Heck, Joe Biden's one of his chief advisors. Uh, What the hell is her name, Ann? I'll think of it in a minute. She's the one that praises uh, Mao. She was in Obama, one of Obama's czars. And remember, she early on during the Obama, her tenure with Obama, said that Mao was one of her favorite leaders. Anita Dunn. Anita, Anita, yes, thank you. She's still there. Have you seen her? She's still in the Biden administration as one of his advisors. She loves a dictator, a killer. Oh, yeah, Mao, one of my favorite philosophers, I think. He's not a philosopher.
3: (laughs) Yeah, her, quote, favorite political philosopher.
2: Philosopher, yeah. I remember it. Yeah, philosopher. <laughs> we'll step away for a second here on the JT Show. When we return, we've got Mississippi's Senator Bryce Wiggins from District 52. That's down there in Jackson County. He's the chair of the Senate Judiciary Aid Committee. We're going to talk to him about a little hearing that the Senate Public Health and Welfare Committee had last week. Concerning medical marijuana. And then, of course, at 1205 Mississippi Outdoors Radio, we got some giveaways today as well. The JT Show will be right back.
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, showers and a possible thunderstorm, high near 85. Tonight, a 20% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, low around 71. Tuesday, showers and thunderstorms likely, high near 86. And for your Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms as well, mostly cloudy, high near 86. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro, call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283.
5: Hey there, this is Jody Adams at Ridgeland Medical Clinic. We are now accepting appointments for chronic and acute care as well as walk-ins. We are conveniently located off Highway 51 in the Oak Place Shopping Center. I invite you to call today. That's Jody Adams with Ridgeland Medical Clinic. Our phone number is 601-790-7711. We offer the gold standard COVID-19 PCR testing with next day results. We at Ridgeland Medical Clinic hope to see you soon. Our number is 601-790-7711.
7: Madison Sellers proud to be a sponsor of SEC Sports. They're your
1: headquarters for all your wines and spirits. From special party needs to picking up that favorite bottle of wine for dinner, it's all at Madison Sellers Premium Wine and Spirits. Highway 51 at Madison Station Shopping Center. We're giving you more this May at Monster Jackson. That's right, more! More savings, more selection, more affordable payments, and more for your trade. Get 0% financing our $1,500 off new 2021 Mazda 6s. Plus, get 0% financing on new 2021 Mazda CX-5s, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And Mazda of Jackson will give you your first year of maintenance for free. Think you can't get approved? Think again. Our credit specialists are standing by to get you approved today. Because 100% credit approval is our number one goal. And we'll give you top dollar for your old vehicle, even if you don't buy a new one from us. Plus, you can buy with confidence. With a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda Jackson, bring in your current vehicle. We'll buy it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So if you want more savings, more selection, more affordable payments, and more for your trade, think get to Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call
7: 991 2222 today. MazdaJackson.com. See dealer for complete details through
8: financing
7: My name is Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State, every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. Now, 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 back to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino.
9: Great news, everybody.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
8: Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show Super Talk Mississippi on this Monday. Gerard and Rhino in the studio. Joining us now, the senator from District Fifty Two, Bryce Wiggins. Morning, Senator. Good to have you on the program today. Good morning. Can y'all uh, sit here and see me? Good. We got you loud and clear. Looking good. Appreciate you joining All us right. today. Good morning. All right. So happy Monday. I'm saying to you. What's the weather like down there on the coast?
10: well you know it uh poured and stormed uh yesterday late yesterday and but it's it seems to be clear today so we're happy
2: well I know there was some some flooding I think in uh, Southwest Mississippi in particular I saw some reports of that around the Tyler town area Natchez area and so forth
10: yeah you you know that's what that's what we get this time of year <laughs> here on the coast in South Mississippi <laughs> you're right
2: you're right. Well, I know that last week uh, the Senate Public Health and Welfare Committee conducted a hearing specifically I believe to discuss uh, the medical marijuana program in the state of Mississippi. Can you kind of give us an update on that and what do you what do you think the, the major talking points and outcomes were?
10: Sure. So, and just interrupt me, Gerard, because um, it it was a very informative meeting and I could go on. So just (laughs) just interrupt me if you have questions. Sure. (laughs) But the big takeaways were this, that there will be a bill of some kind. So for people that think that at least the Senate is, uh, that think the legislature is not going to move on this issue, the Senate is. We had the hearing uh, and we did it in the legislative session when we passed the bill that we were up until after midnight. Okay. So the big takeaway is there will be a bill, what that's going to look like. That's what we're discussing right now. The other takeaway was that the supporters of the medical marijuana program and initiative 65 testified that there needs to be tweaks to the initiative 65 language. So for those that say the legislature ought to just, rubber stamp or do exactly what Initiative 65 says, their own supporters have said they need to do, we need to tweak that and make it look better, okay? And so then another big takeaway was that, um, and I kind of led the, the questioning on this, was that the medical establishment, the doctors, uh, nurses are in a predicament because of their ethical and moral obligations to patients. And so what came out was that we ought to be maybe just looking at recreational. I mean, it was testified to that every state that has gone through a ballot initiative uh, with medical marijuana ended up going to recreational. That's what happened, and the supporters um, I think it's called 3M. Who were there testified. The reason they're doing medical, while yes, we need medical and there, it's there, is um, because that's what could politically could get passed in the state. And so the big takeaway was, well, why don't why are we going to go through all of this if it's just going to end up recreational and go through? this uh, situation. So those were the big takeaways.
2: So when you when you refer to the supporters of Initiative 65, characterize who that is exactly for, Senator.
10: <laughs> well, I think, and, and let me say that was probably a bad, I lumped a lot of people in there. What became clear to me at the hearing is there are many different supporters uh, and what was testified to in the hearing particularly by Mr. Perry from the State Board of Health, is that there are conflicts that have led to uh, it, I guess, really where we are. And some of the, you have business interest supporters, you have medical marijuana patient supporters, you have uh, recreational supporters, who in my opinion, I think all right, understandably and rightfully so gathered around Initiative 65 but when you're talking about trying to do a specifically medical marijuana program, then that gets into the medical uh, side of this and the physician side of this and the nurse side of this when really the, let's just say the recreational side, you know, that's not an issue for them. And what was testified to in the hearing by Mr. Perry was that when the Department of Health was doing their regulations and by the way they did a really good job um, that they found it hard because the business interests had a friction with the medical side of this and so they were in a predicament here and ultimately the business side according to the testimony was that the business side tended to dominate and look if anybody doesn't believe what i'm saying they can go on youtube and go to the senate public health committee and go watch it and i encourage every single person that is in the sound of my voice to go watch it because that's democracy and that's participating in our process yeah so the interests were varied and that's not surprising that happens when you're talking about statewide issues we see it in the legislature so so, what happens is, and what the discussion was, okay, are we going to get a medical marijuana program? And if so, you know, what's that going to look like? And a lot of the groundwork has been laid through what the Senate did in the first place. I'll tell you another issue that came out that was really interesting to me was that um, the ability to smoke marijuana, okay? The medical folks, including Dr. Dobbs, said they will never be in support of smoking marijuana. Because, in their opinion, and in doctors' opinions, that smoking, be it cigarettes or inhalers or whatever, is damaging to your health, okay? But they acknowledged that that is what people want, okay, And the Senate bill, if I'm not mistaken, um, had some provisions there. so um, so I know that people have, when we were doing the Senate bill, said you need smoking. well, you got the medical experts saying we're not in favor of that, and you got the patient advocates saying no, we do want it, and of course recreational do want it. So you have this uh, push and pull that's going on, which is not surprising. But this is the this is the um, I guess the nuances of developing policy on a statewide level
2: on that. Yeah. Yeah, it makes total sense. So just uh, for, ah. the, for the benefit of our audience, uh, I think there are 38 states, 37, 38, where it's it's legal in some form, and uh, either for medical purposes or recreational purposes. I think 17, 18, actually, is fully legal recreational. And and and, and, those- and
10: let me say this. It was at, Gerard, I'm sorry, no, at the
2: hearing, it was asked, it, and
10: what – was responded to was in those states just medical, then what was answered was it's very limited because within the medical community, there's only things that the science says and the doctors and nurses are comfortable with. And so they were very limited. So that's why you have only 12 or 13 states that are doing purely medical, Yeah. all right? And so, but that's also why people want it. And that's why I think, based on what we heard, is why the states that have started out medical ended up recreational. Because there is a, uh, people want it. And, uh, you know, as representatives, their states willing to do it. And there are states that have both a medical and a recreational Policy
2: in place. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the latest map. This was published uh, in May, a couple of weeks ago. 15 states are medical only, and uh, there's a number of states that are f- where it's fully legal for recreational purposes, which I think uh, obviously includes for uh, medical purposes as well. So we're down to about mm-hmm. 12 states that have, have no no such legal marijuana in any form.
10: Right. But what I think was clear with the vote on Initiative 65 is you're not the supporters throughout the state are not just medical. Um, it is yeah. Yeah. all the ones we've talked about and us as legislators. Now that this is back in our laps, you know, it would be if we did something that was, quote, just medical, then I think you'd have a lot of people who voted for Initiative 65 who wouldn't be happy. And that was something I took away yeah. from the hearing. Yep. And so I think it's incumbent upon us as legislators to understand where the people are coming from and they they did it by seventy percent or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And we have to be cognizant of this and and come up with policy that meets what the people want because i want to do that and i will admit i you know back a number of I'm years ago out, senator I, we First, got a,
2: we got a break right here can you hang with us we'll pick this up after the break senator bryce wiggins is our guest we're talking about medical marijuana and the hearing that uh, the senate had last week stay with us on the jt show
11: The Civil War Relic Show is back at Brandon City Hall on June 12th and
4: 13th. Featuring vendors selling weapons, relics, antiques, uniforms, photographs, books, art, and so much more. Living histories with period attire along with cannons will be on display. Don't miss the Civil War Relic Show this Saturday 9-6 to 6, and Sunday 9-3 to 3 at Brandon City Hall. Free genealogy research and door prizes and great Father's Day gift ideas for everyone. $7 admission, kids under 12 free. Sponsored by Visit Mississippi and Sons of Confederate Veterans Camp 265, Brandon. Proceeds benefit the wounded warriors of Mississippi.
13: Mississippi Braves baseball is back and offers an affordable and safe outing for the entire family. See the future stars of the Atlanta Braves right here at Trustmark Park and enjoy daily promotions throughout the season. Single game tickets start at $5 and the Braves can tailor a ticket plan just for your schedule or a group outing from 20 to 500 people. For more information on promotions or to purchase tickets, call
11: 888-BRAVES-4 or visit MississippiBraves.com.
14: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Beef packing companies are seeing record profits, and Mississippi beef producers are frustrated. Andy Berry with the Mississippi Cattlemen's Association and the Mississippi Beef Council explains why.
15: That doesn't translate down to the farmer getting that money back. We're price takers, and when we have a product that's ready to go, uh, when that animal gets ready to be harvested, it's ready. You can't hold it another month or six months. They're ready.
14: Barry said getting the profit back down to the producer is a big issue due to a bottleneck of packing capacity.
15: There's four major companies that have the majority of that wrapped up, and they can pretty well set the prices where they're at.
14: He said there is a Department of Justice investigation underway stemming from beef packer margins during the pandemic. For more Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, or find us online at supertalk.fm. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
16: Go with the home team.
0: Super Talk Mississippi, your new home for the Ben Shapiro Show. For something new and unique in talk radio, take a listen to the Ben Shapiro Show. Weeknights at 9, right here. Super Talk
17: Mississippi. This is Delbert Hoseman, your lieutenant governor, a COVID survivor, and a vaccination recipient. The National Guard continues to administer the vaccine to thousands of Mississippians. Let's honor them and protect our families and our friends. Visit HealthyMS.com for more information. Paid for by friends of Delbert Hoseman.
0: The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Now here's more on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show Super Talk Mississippi on this Monday. We've got Senator Bryce Wiggins joining us. All right, so, Senator, you were giving us an update on the uh, hearing last week conducted by the Senate Public Health and Welfare Committee discussing medical marijuana. So you you were sort of describing what you... Uh, categorized as those who are mostly supported Initiative 65. Do, do you feel like, based on the hearing and, and some of the remarks, that there are some folks that are now coming forward and saying, Well, if I'd have known that it was going to work like that, or included this, that, and the other provision, or perhaps even was going to be ensconced uh, in, in, uh, in the Constitution? that I maybe would not have supported it did you, did you hear any kind of remorse on on that from constituents or just from supporters
10: so that's a, a certainly a a valid question and and let me summarize what my comments earlier were okay um look it what became clear to me at the hearing was that initiative 65 was not a purely medical marijuana program. And if you listen to the medical folks, that's just a fact. I'm all about transparency, Gerard. I'm not about, I'm, I don't have an agenda one way or the other on this. I just want the Mississippi voters to understand what was put before them and and what they're really voting on. And so to that end and to your question, Yes, after the Supreme Court's decision, I heard from a lot of constituents that said, man, I I didn't realize that's exactly what I was voting on because I had people ask about about taxing it and the tax money going into the general fund. And many people that I have talked to actually are in favor of recreational, but they have told me they would like to see the tax money go into the general fund. Um, And so, What became clear at the hearing was that, yes, Initiative 65 was more than – the way it was written was more uh, than just medical. It had a lot of elements of recreational. And so to that end, I think as the debate has gone on and as people have asked questions, they've said, well, yeah, I didn't really know what I was voting. They didn't – I don't know if they said that, but they certainly said – uh, I, I misunderstood what was there. And Senator Bryan, Chairman Bryan had all eight uh, pages of the ballot uh, in blown up in the hearing. And his comment was he wondered if everybody had actually read through that. So I, I really just want people, the reason I'm highlighting these issues is to understand what we're voting on. Because I do think that there were some things that were pushed out by certain uh uh limited uh interests that maybe the full discussion wasn't out there and so this is a chance for us to do that and so we know and i specifically know that people support this issue so i have no problem me personally in now that we've seen the vote in saying hey let's look at all of these issues for everybody and and look at the the uh, what what the people want.
2: Yeah. And so, just to clarify, and we've done that before on the show, because this particular initiative was uh, placed on the ballot and was approved by the voters and then, of course, subsequently struck down by the Supreme Court on really a technicality when it comes down to it with respect well, to the, the Girard, vote me, harvesting.
10: I don't... Well, let, let, let me say this, and I'm Judiciary I, I A. i am judiciary I should chairman. say the signature harvesting. Um, excuse dealing- me. Sorry, when we're when we're dealing with the Constitution, nothing is a technicality and people can go back on my Facebook and see this. And, and this goes back to your question about what I heard from other people. People did not realize that the initiative process puts it in the Constitution. Yeah. And so and I, I heard that people did not understand that what was going on was in the Constitution. And during the whole debate, if you heard many, many, many elected officials mention that, that the pause that they got was because it was put in the Constitution. And what came out at the hearing was when you do it by law, then you can come back every couple years and tweak it and make it better what was adjusted to us. So now on the, the I, I personally do not think it was a technicality. I think As I said on my Facebook page, since the founding of the country and specifically Marbury versus Madison, the Supreme court and the judiciary has had the right to rule a provision unconstitutional. That is their prerogative to do. And they ruled it unconstitutional. That's their, that's what they do. That is their highest job as, uh, as judiciary members. And so, and when I read the opinion, I understood where they were coming from. And I know people aren't happy, you know, it's, and I've heard all of it, the will of the people. But the judiciary is the judicial branch, not the led political branch. And the judiciary is about the rule of law, at least it should be. And so as a lawyer, and as someone who spends time, I guess, dealing with the constitution on that level, I didn't see it as a as a technicality. I saw it well, as... Well, let, hold on, let, let, let me interrupt you there. Exactly hold the
2: on a let, let me Let me clarify. What I mean by that, let's, let me be clear here, is that the Supreme yeah, yeah, yeah. Court didn't strike down Initiative 65 based on any argument that medical marijuana is not legal. That True. It had nothing to do Sorry, with that or the theory. merits of, of medical marijuana or the legalities of medical marijuana. Clearly, we know that because 38 states have it. What I was really trying to say was that the reason for their striking down Initiative 65 was unrelated to that. It was, it would, in fact, if, if some other measure passed on that basis, at least today, and somebody brought a suit to the Supreme Court, it would be struck down if they, if they ruled on the same basis. It doesn't matter what the issue or the item is, so uh, that's what I mean by technicality, and that it wasn't related to essentially the substance of the initiative. It was related to the process by which the initiative made it to the ballot, and so. Uh, and and yeah. I've had five that's lawyers great. on the show that that all offer their opinions <laughs> on that uh, that week after that happened, and. I think it's fair to say that all agree that in, in interpretation of the Constitution on a strict, contextualist basis, that the Supreme Court got it right, and I, I, I see that as well. Um, but I, I'm just pointing out that that's what really gave legs to the lawsuit. It was the thesis of the lawsuit. It was not medical marijuana, yes or no, or the provisions of 65, yes or no, good or bad. It was, you know, this thing got to the ballot. And it really didn't conform to the rules to get it to the ballot. So I, I just want to clarify that, but that's that's fine. We're I think we're on yeah, the same no. page here, uh, no. Senator. <laughs> We we are, and you
10: you said it right. And I'm shocked that uh, five lawyers would all agree. So I get it. <laughs> I well, mean, that was my interpretation, I, I Rhino.
2: They all agreed when they came through here, for the most part. But uh, and if and you get
10: if you get five lawyers right, I'm sorry. If you get five lawyers to agree, hey man, that's almost like uh, that's gold.
2: Well, I asked them all um, before no, you're, right, you're... Did the Supreme Court get it right? And I think every one of them said, Rhino, yeah, they did. I think maybe one said, well it could have gone either way and here's how and i respect that um you know they're all smart folks but gerard
10: but i have had people tell me or certainly those who supported initiative 65 understandably are upset yeah but part of this is to understand why it's there and why the the supreme court they looked at the law and and you're right it it doesn't deal with the merits but that's how it got there and i would argue that's why you have a legislature that's why you have uh, the debate and the discussion so you can get it right. One of the things that, that uh, allowed the Supreme Court to do what they did was the zoning regulation within Initiative 65. And in the hearing uh, last week, the supporters said, yes, that was a problem. And that's what I call overreach. If that was had not been in, in the Initiative 65, then there's an argument that they wouldn't have had standing to do that. But, you know, those things need to be flushed out. And so, yes, as far as the substance of of a medical marijuana program, I think you can safely say that we're going to have some kind of program and we're going to have one uh, that's going to be able to address the wishes of the patient advocates. And we may actually end up with something. Uh, close to what I Initiative 65 said in the recreational realm. So that's all for discussion right now since they've put it back to the legislature.
2: Yeah, and that's what I want to ask you before we go here is uh, how do you see that shaking out? How close do you think a bill, let's say offered by your body, the uh, Mississippi State Senate, would would be aligned to initiative sixty five what what are the major sort of issues and provisions you see that might uh, get some adjustment in a Senate offered bill we got a break right here can you hold with us senator We come back and you can answer that yeah, yeah. yeah sure we got uh-huh. Senator Bryce Wiggins we're talking about uh, initiative sixty five and medical marijuana we're, what's the Senate going to do here and is the governor going to call a special session we're going to ask the senator that when we come back stay with us the j t show continues.
18: This is JT. If you like me, you like to deal with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and they're headquartered in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. 1-800-647-8540 or on the web, MajesticMetalsINC.com.
14: Hi, this is Anitra over at MacBee's. I'm the kitchen manager there. Come enjoy Blue Plates for under $10. Monday through Friday from 11 to 2. Monday, we have meatloaf or chicken spaghetti. Tuesday, we have beef tips of chicken breast. Wednesday, we have fried pork chops or pot roast. Thursday, we have spaghetti or chicken fried steak. Friday we have fried catfish or pulled pork or chicken or mushrooms spring sauce. And every day hamburger steak
13: or chicken sweets. McBee's on Lake Harbor. You can dine in, take out, or have them cater. And the perfect spot for any size party
8: too.
6: Hi, I'm Shelby with Two Men in a Truck. Did you know that we aren't your regular moving company? We are equipped to move you across the country or even as easy as across town. Call us today for a free quote at 601-853-9644 or at 2 men. And in a truck.com.
14: Garden Mama here to ask, what about your trees? Hmm? Everybody like me who has big trees in their landscape needs a tree service, and mine is Matthews Tree Service, the metro area's oldest residential tree service. They're licensed, insured, and ready to consult with you about damaged trees and healthy ones too. Listen to your mama now and call Matthews for free estimates in the Greater Jackson Metro area. Call 601-316-8584. Matthews Tree Service. This is the
6: opening agri market report. The open of the New York Cotton Exchange, July cotton was down 39 to 85.41. December cotton was up 14 to 86.02. The open of the Chicago Board of Trade, July soybeans were up 14 and three quarters to 15.98 a half per bushel. August soybeans were up 20 and a quarter to 15.57 and three quarters per bushel. July corn was up eight and three quarters to 691 and a half per bushel. September corn was up 16 cents to 622 and a half per bushel. At the mercantile, August live cattle was down 30 to 117.77. October live cattle was down 42 to 123.62. August feeders down 150 to 148.42. September feeders down 155 to 151.20. And at this hour, the Dow Jones is down 71.34,685. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network.
0: Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some
11: helpful knowledge. Did you know that one out of four jobs in the state depends on agriculture? That's why we started the Mississippi Ag in the Classroom. It's a school program helping grades K-12 through 12 acquire broader knowledge about agriculture and how it impacts them. It's great to see them learn and get excited about where their food and clothes come from. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Smart shoppers will tell you they found it on hybid.com. Hybid.com lets you explore thousands of auctions across the U.S. and around the world. You'll find gold coins, sporting goods, classic cars, collectible toys, fine jewelry, household items, and sports memorabilia autographed by the greats. HiBid.com has hundreds of thousands of items for sale every day. It's easy to search, and it's easy to find auctions in your area. Just go to HiBid.com. That's H-I-B-I-D.com, and see what everyone is talking about.
19: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: This is the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
2: Had.
3: Just a little raining blood by Slayer <laughs> I thought. for Metal Monday.
2: <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show on this Monday. Senator Bryce Wiggins is our guest. All right, so Senator, you were going to answer that question that I hit you with right before the break. Uh, whether there'll be a special session whether whether Um, there'll be a special session and what this thing may look like what provisions may be uh, I guess let's take I-65 as the baseline what might a Senate version look like how closely will it align with I-65 and what are some of those provisions you heard about I guess at the hearing that folks said gee uh, I'm for a medical marijuana program but I'm really not crazy about that as as part of it
10: so uh so that's separate from the special session yes yes let's start with that yeah don't let me forget that okay let's start with that okay (laughs) so i would tell everybody listen to what governor reeves says he was down here on the coast this weekend and actually did a number of interviews and what he said is that uh that it's a it's it's actually two issues the um the initiative process issue and the medical marijuana issue. And Governor Reeves is not going to call a special session unless and until the leadership in the House, the Senate, and his office come together because he's not going to keep the legislature in for like 80 days like they had at one point at $30,000 a day. So that has been the practice of governors uh, certainly since since, uh, Haley Barber. To that we get in and get out to minimize the uh, cost to the taxpayers. So, th- so I would not expect that to happen uh, in any time at the start of the summer or anything like that. So then, uh, if we can get there and there are conversations going on, then you may then you may see something on a special session. Um, as far as the issues about what a bill would look like. I will say much of this work was done during this past session with the Senate bill authored by Senator Blackwell.
6: Yeah.
10: Um, and the, the groundwork was paved, uh, certainly from the medical marijuana side. And I know Lieutenant Governor Hosman has said, we, we will take that and look at tweaking that. What I heard at the hearing, I think one of the issues up for debate, and I've talked specifically to uh, patient advocates for this, is smoking? I think there, the the medical side says no. There are patient advocates who say they need they need to be able to smoke it at times, and so that becomes the delivery method of uh, medicinal marijuana. Also, one of the big issues, as I found out during the hearing, is what level of THC or what level of of cannabis is appropriate for which type of uh uh medical issues you're treating. Yeah. That was all up for discussion. One of the one of the gentlemen that testified was the gentleman who's overseen the medical mar- I'm sorry, the marijuana program at Old Miss that we all know about that's been used for research and he he himself stood up and said, "Look, there are all different versions of the levels of the Active ingredient, THC, uh, Marinol, cannabinoid, whatever. And so those are all discussions that we need input from. So I think you're going to see that. As far as an actual program, I think we've done a lot. And actually, the Department of Health was universally lauded for the work that they have put into this point. Dr. Dobbs and his staff, they have done an excellent job at actually getting the regulations based on Initiative 65. And they worked hard at it. And so I think you actually have that. One of the things that the, the 3M group, the supporters, said is that probably one of the issues that they made a mistake or and needs to be tweaked is to not have the Department of Health being the one to oversee everything. Because like we were saying earlier, the business interests, actually in state government, that's actually handled by the Department of Revenue and other agencies. And the Department of Health generally That's not what they do. They don't spend – they don't appropriate money or make those determinations. So I think those are kind of some big things. I I think you'll see that uh, of the the health department handling the health side and the revenue side being handled by the appropriate revenue division.
2: Is there any consideration to limiting the number of – I think they're called treatment centers in the bill, essentially the retail stores for medical marijuana. The state of Alabama, as you know, just passed uh, and enacted medical marijuana legislation that limits it to 27 statewide. we got about a minute left here.
10: Um, That will be up for discussion. My feeling, based on what I've heard, is that may not be the best way to approach it. Uh, Look, when they limited – the gaming gaming licenses in Louisiana, yeah, uh, to one boy, you got a lot of problems. <laughs> I and, remember and that. <laughs> you you probably know. When Mississippi on the gaming side has said, "Hey, let the market take yeah. take shape. Let let the market determine it." Got I it. think that's a very good way. You don't get into corruption, at least not as much as you would otherwise. So, um, it will be up for discussion. We'll
2: be staying tuned for updates, Senator Bryce Wiggins. Thanks for coming on today, Senator. Talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. You bet. We'll be right back on the JT show after this break.
0: Your home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN, Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros. 601 345 8090.
5: news. I'm Wu. The Supreme Court has handed down a major ruling on immigration. All nine justices siding
6: with the Biden administration's refusal to grant a green card to an immigrant with temporary protected status. That man from El Salvador had entered the U.S. illegally years before applying for TPS. The opinion written by Justice Kagan said only migrants who have come into the country legally can apply for lawful permanent residence.
5: Fox's Dana Perino. The FDA's approved Biogen's alzheimer's drug and there's a hunt underway for suspects in a graduation party shooting in minnesota over the weekend that killed a teenager 14 year old demarius ekdahl dead
20: he wasn't a gang member he didn't do nothing wrong
4: ekdahl's mother shattered as woodbury police investigate the boy's murder saying that for now it appears the shooters and the victim knew each other
5: fox's jeff bonasso america's listening to fox news
10: This is Destin Smith with Total Transportation. Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Are you tired of not knowing where you'll be next? Come join the family at Total Transportation and let us show you how trucking is really done. With our unlimited freight and no pay cap, you're always set up for success. We are a family. Our door is always open. Call your Total Transportation recruiter today at 1-888-963-9774 or visit drivefortotal.com and let us show you the way where our dreams are to help you achieve yours.
14: Mandy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A shooting early Sunday morning in Biloxi has claimed the lives of three people, including a seven-month-old baby boy. Harrison County coroner Brian Switzer identified two of the victims as 34-year-old Kelly Mornay of Biloxi and 44-year-old Brian Johnson of Gulfport. An investigation is underway. And the state Supreme Court may have struck down medical marijuana, but lawmakers are hardly ignoring the will of voters. They held a Senate hearing last week week and heard from medical professionals and medical marijuana advocates. Senator Daniel Sparks admits it's a process.
15: Well, I think there'll be more hearings and input and, and um, it, you know, it's, it's like anything else. And what we're seeing is a legislative process, which is very difficult because you have to get enough of a majority of the legislators yeah. to agree.
14: Several lawmakers have said they view the Supreme Court ruling as an opportunity to fix issues somehow with Initiative 65. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. After seven years, Southwest Airlines is offering flights in and out of the capital city as Sunday marked its official return to Jackson. Southwest left in June of 2014, citing declining passenger numbers. The airline offers nonstop flights to D.C., Atlanta, Orlando, Houston, and Baltimore. And if you're going to make a world record jambalaya, you're going to need a lot of ingredients. 675 pounds of rice, 900 pounds of sausage, 900 pounds of ham, and I can't tell
5: you how many peppers, onions, the Holy Trinity that went in.
14: Karen Platt helped organize the event last month for Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College's campus food pantries. Over 2,000 people in need were fed, and more than $3,000 was raised for food pantries. When the Guinness Book of World Records makes it official, as expected, this will be a second world record for the college. They already hold the record for the largest pulled pork barbecue set in 2018. I'm Andy Davis.
6: One of the things I enjoy most about raising catfish
7: all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6-9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi
0: 97.3. Welcome to Real Talk for Real
8: Mississippians. Let, 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 let's do this. Hey, hey.
0: Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Supertalk Mississippi, the Supertalk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert.
2: back, everyone. The JT Show Super Talk Mississippi on this Monday, starting off a new week. Gerard and Rhino in the studio. Rhino, we got a giveaway, don't we?
3: Oh, yeah. We actually have a double dose of giveaways, but for the first course, for the appetizer, if it were, mm-hmm. you know concerts are back, right? Mm-hmm. And on June 20th, just a few days from now, legendary rock group Sticks and Collective Soul will be playing at the Brandon Amphitheater, in Brandon and tickets for the show are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com and at the Brandon Amphitheater box office. But we're giving you a chance to win two tickets to see Sticks and Collective Soul before you can get your hands on another one. We're going to be giving away a little later. So just be the third person to text to the C Spire text line 601-879-4395. Again, the third person. To text in the key phrase, and you'll win a pair of tickets. The key phrase today is, come sail away. Third person on the C Spire text line to text in, come sail away, will win two tickets to see Sticks and Collective Soul at the Brandon Amphitheater. And keep on listening for another chance to win tickets to come, another concert.
2: Come sail away, that the winning phrase, song title. Todd Sheerman, the drummer, is so awesome. fastest hands. Go watch some YouTube videos of him. As an old drummer I try to replicate. Can't hang, of course. He's like unbelievable. So good. We gotta play a little sticks. I know it's metal Monday, right? But that'll work. We can play some come sail away. What a great what a great Oh fooling yourself. Little organ intro. That's what we need. We can cue that up here in a minute. Lots of text rolling in. We may have a third one there already, huh, Rhino? Oh, yeah. I just got to get some info from them, and we'll get it announced. All right. We got it. William in Greenville says Obama is still in charge, talking about Anita Dunn and how she made the transition from the Obama administration and is right in the midst of the Biden administration. A Mao lover, one of her favorite philosophers. Philosophizing about what? Killing people for power and wealth? Jeez, it's incredible. Let's see. Lots of uh, text, as you can imagine, regarding our discussion with Senator Wiggins about medical marijuana. If it's what the people want, people don't want income tax, so why is the Senate holding it up? Uh, talking about the income tax? Uh, yeah. You know, I of course, I support Elimination of the income tax, there's no secret about that. And uh, I don't know that I would say the Senate is holding it up and and disagrees, I guess, with the concept and with the idea. But, uh, you know, the senators, in fairness to them, say they need more time to study the uh, the structure of it. And they are, I believe, busy doing that. And I think we're going to get something. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like in the next session, however. I did uh, spend some time at the golf tournament. The Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, was the the playing partner of one of our members. It was a member guest. I spent a little time with him, and he's making the rounds and really pitching this deal. Uh, He, of course, is a strong proponent of it and was involved in the drafting of the legislation as one of the authors, I believe. So anyhow, we'll see where all that goes. Legislature needs to go the route of recreational marijuana. This on the ceasefire text line. Those that need it for a medical reason can talk to their doctors and see if it's right for them, and those that just want it can get it. It will boost revenues for our state through new jobs and businesses, as well as tourism dollars. I'll be messaging my state rep and senator and voicing my desire for such a bill. And I would compliment this user i mean, excuse me this listener user i'm still stuck in the it business i'm sorry old habits die hard (laughs) they're users to, to those of us that did that stuff but this is a member of our audience that's the way to do it let your senator and rep know where you stand please do it respectfully and free from all the hostility and the vitriol it's not necessary just let them know where you stand and and uh, hopefully provide a little support for your stance that makes a little sense there. Karen in Oxford said the Senate did their job in protecting us from the consequences of the kind of law it was being submitted. It was su- being submitted to be. I-, I think you're talking about the Supreme Court, Karen, right? The Senate. Am I reading that right, Rhino? If it re- was it the Senate? I'm not sure it had anything to do. Obviously. Talking about the medical marijuana,
3: the holdup
2: for was there a house bill for medical marijuana? The Senate bill through the
3: Senate, or was the Senate
2: bill? And then you know it it was ping pong back and forth, as you recall. I think ultimately it ended up with the entire sixty five in it at some point. But I don't know that that would have mattered. I I think at that point, of course, that was before the passing. Excuse me, the uh, Supreme Court ruling. I should say, and I'm not sure. We probably. Well, you
3: remember, should. it was a stopgap. They were planning on passing it so that if the let, if the Supreme Court ruled against yeah. it, there would be something in place. I guess you it can do that. Out.
2: Yeah, I, and I guess that's possible. That seemed kind of weird to me. Well, hey, in case the Supreme Court strikes this thing down, here's one. I, I mean, that's like a contingent law. I think it even had language in it that where it would be if, activated. If this enacted, is not
3: enacted by this I date. This will be enacted. I think that was in the, the beginnings of that bill.
2: I just – this is just my sense and opinion based on observation and discussions with some of the members. It, it was a little too much, too fast. I think they wanted to see what the Supreme Court was going to do and say, okay, if they kill it, let's get everybody together and take some time and structure something. And I think it is right, as the uh, the Senate Public Health and well- Welfare Committee did, to, to conduct a hearing and let uh, constituents voice their concerns, voice their support – Uh, voice uh, the way they would like to see this thing enacted. I think that was a good move on the part. So I I certainly commend them for doing that. Um, Rusty from Greenville does not want, I think it's fair to say, any way, shape, form of any sort of marijuana. And he sent us several texts in this morning. But he says he's sick to death of hearing about making dope legal. That's his final text. Rusty, I uh, appreciate your text and your listening to the show. I think we got your uh, your position on this. Uh, at this point, I would just just kind of remind you to keep in mind that your position there's probably counter. I think it's fair to say it's counter to the majority of the people in the state that want medical marijuana and it and it, I don't know that I've seen any polls, but I suspect that even recreational marijuana pulls high, if not above water, above the 50% line. I don't know. It's probably close. I'm just guessing. I think it would be a
3: lot closer to the 50-50 than, than medical.
2: Okay. Well, yeah, I would agree. I, I think, Meaning that I think you're inferring that w- w- uh, medical is above 50%, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so recreational... Yeah, I
3: think you've got people that are totally fine with a doctor telling a terminally ill patient hey you need this to make it another six months or yeah. you need this to help with nausea or pain or, right. or any number of things with uh, the, the the one i go back to is the example is like a, a chemotherapy patient because you, you look at the the stereotypes of marijuana what, what does it do it makes you feel good it gives you the munchies and what what do you do when you're on chemo you feel bad and you can't eat well that that seems like a marriage made in heaven so yeah. if a doctor tells their patient going through chemo i think this would help you i think there's a lot of mississippians that are okay with that idea and those same mississippians might not be okay with the idea of you can just go to the store and pick up a 10 pack of joints
2: yeah i think that's right i think there's some some middle, middle ground there. I think you're absolutely right. In, in terms of the sentiment of the majority of Mississippians, and we should also be clear, and help me out here, Rhino, it, it's not really prescribed. I mean, there's not – uh, recommended. It's recommended, right, and you've got to get some sort of – but it's – who does that? It's the doctor, a medical doctor, I don't think writes a – a sort of a valid prescription as they would for prescription drugs. Well, that they you can't. Would, by right. Law. You can't do that. That's right. So it's a recommendation or an, uh, is it an authorization? How? Did, I mean, what, is, what does the dispensary have to see? I to think sell the,
3: it? the way it worked or the way it ha- was set up in 65, and I think the way it's been set up for other states, is that you have to have some form of documentation from the doctor. Okay. That then allows you to sign up for your card, and once you have the card, or once you have your identification that you are a medical marijuana user, then you go to the dispensaries.
2: Okay. So I think opponents, what they maintain is that it's really just a free for all. That that's just that's a pretty easy process, and that all you can qualify just by saying I have pain. I mean, well, I've, yeah, he- I've you, heard that you from You look folks. back at when
3: California made medical marijuana legal, there was a whole cottage industry of doctor's offices set up right across the street from a dispensary, yeah. and the doctor was a dude in a Hawaiian shirt and <laughs> shorts sitting behind the desk going, all right,
2: what's your name? You, get, you you can't sleep? All right, here, here's some weed. Just a rubber stamp deal, so to speak, uh, kind of a, a formality, academic formality. We'll take a break right here. TNT by ACDC bumping us out. We'll come by, right back and talk a little bit more. we got to tell you about a Yale professor that's just gone off the cliff with some comments. Stay tuned.
14: This is Anitra over at McBee's. I'm the kitchen manager there. Come enjoy Blue Plates for under $10. Monday through Friday from 11 to 2. Monday, we have meatloaf or chicken spaghetti. Tuesday, we have tips or chicken breast. Wednesday, we have fried pork chops or pot roast. Thursday, we have spaghetti or chicken fried steak. Friday, we have fried catfish or pulled pork or chicken with mushrooms spring sauce. And every day, hamburger steak or chicken sweets.
13: McBee's on Lake Harbor. You can dine in, take out, or have them cater. And the perfect spot for any size party,
0: too. with
4: yours. No drip roofing and construction. Online at nodripms.com. Whatever Mother Nature dishes out, no drip roofing and construction can take care of it. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trusted advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees, to provide assistance with their personal care needs as your trusted senior advisor i can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process just call me john merrill with the modest senior care for your free in-home consultation 601-864-3752
1: RJ's Outboard Sales and Service is your central Mississippi boating headquarters. RJ's offers top-of-the-line brands like Skeeter, War Eagle, G3, Express, and Bennington Pontoon Boats. All powered by Yamaha Outboards. RJ's Outboard, 1208 Old Fannin Road in Brandon. The dealership that's service built.
7: Yellow here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: everyone the JT show fooling yourself by sticks that's the great Dennis DeYoung on the keyboards that's a pretty good tune there appreciate that rhino so Retton Ridgeland says when I got my medical marijuana card at Venice Beach California the doctor in quotes wrapped up the consult in quotes by using excuse me by asking if I had any questions will this interfere with my sleep apnea Rhett asked. The doctor replied, that's a good question. I have no idea. (laughs) There you go. Appreciate that. Eric in Hattiesburg says, if they pass recreational Mary Jane laws, how would that impact law enforcement in the prison system? Lots has been said and written and discussed and and spoken about that. Uh, I, I don't know exactly kind of where all that stands. I think it's fair to say most law enforcement does oppose it, but they're they're losing the battle, at least in terms of popular sentiment. What did I say? Thirty-eight states have either medical – only 12 have nothing, Mississippi being one of them. Only and 12. most of
3: those do allow for – marijuana products such as cbd oil for juvenile seizures and stuff like that yeah that's good there's only two states that outright ban
2: any derivative of marijuana it it just seems like that it's moving in that direction to the point where all 50 states uh, will legalize it for recreational use i think chuck schumer's even said he intends to drop a bill to do so uh, sometime this year and the president said that he would sign it, so and which would essentially legalize it at the federal level, or uh, at least would, deschedule it. Yeah, exactly. That I mean, it accomplishes that uh, that uh, objective essentially, and that would change everything considerably. You would, you would have to think. So, would we see it in traditional drugstores? Would we see, obviously, financial institutions and the like?
3: I think it's a given if it were taken off of the schedules or at least moved from Schedule 1, you would definitely see it in the pharmacies because there's debate on how much money it makes, but pharmacies are in the business of making money, and if they can just put something else on their shelf to make money that's in demand,
2: pretty sure they would do it. Yeah, I think you're right. I agree with you. Moe says on the ceasefire Spire text line, "I have no problem with recreational marijuana, but believe there needs to be limits on possession amount, and towns, municipalities essentially should be able to limit the number and location of dispensaries, and protection for companies who refuse to employ persons who test positive for marijuana use." Yeah, I'd, I would agree certainly with the the last aspect of your statement there, Moe, that a private company should be able to operate. As they see fit in that regard with respect to that, I can tell you that in my company, we operated at quite a large uh, location in Denver, Colorado, where it uh, is fully legal. Marijuana is fully legal. And we, after researching with our attorneys, were were, um, able to confirm that we still could test for drug use, and, and we required applicants to pass a drug test. And some of our staff had had continuous testing because of their involvement with our data centers and, in particular, with our remote network management monitoring and uh, administration of emergency 911 facilities, where you simply just can't take that risk. You're talking about literally life-or-death situations from an IT perspective. And uh, so those individuals were tested on a regular basis. No one ever failed. No one ever failed in my five-plus years after we acquired that company. So anyhow, um, Darius says, Mississippi does stuff like this and wonders why everybody is leaving. Votes only count on what the politicians want it to count on. You know, I don't know, Darius, that people are leaving the state because we didn't pass a medical marijuana program. I, I, I would be curious, however, and I've suggested this to members of our legislature and our statewide leaders, Let's go poll and let's let's have a chat with some of those people who left. We could probably identify them and just ask them, why did you leave? I think we'd sort of be surprised, honestly. I don't think a single one would say we don't have a medical marijuana program. I'm just guessing, but I don't think that would be the top of the list. Dave from uh, Manistee, Michigan, says... The what Rhino just described as far as the prescription or the the approval process, the doctor in Hawaii and yeah, with his feet propped up said that's exactly what's happening in Michigan. I, I don't doubt that, and so
3: and one reason that is a possibility because we're talking about medical marijuana and how a lot of people are okay with a doctor prescribing it or recommending it if you are terminally ill or if you if they if the doctor thinks you need it. Yeah, but in that scenario. If a doctor is prescribing another controlled substance, say it's, it's Lortab or Valium or Oxycontin or something, yep. if they just rubber stamp a whole bunch of prescriptions for those, the DEA is going to come knocking on their door and ask them questions. Yep. But because the states are doing an end-around around the federal government and marijuana is still illegal federally, the doctors are in this limbo. They're in this gray area where there's not any real consequences to them and their profession if they just back up and punt and take the easy route and rubber stamp marijuana prescriptions that's or recommendations.
2: That, that's right. Uh, and so it it gets convoluted when you start getting down into that level. This is from Paul and Meridian. Wanted to get to him, he has a different take than Rusty and Greville, who's clearly totally 100% opposed to uh, legalization of marijuana either for medicinal purposes or of course uh, for recreational purposes but he, this is what Paula Meridian says legislators need to understand that allowing people to buy bud, flour or the smokable form of marijuana will be the least expensive way to medicate. Not allowing that will drive up cost that will not for now be covered by insurance. You can make edibles from bud. There is zero evidence that smoking marijuana increases chances for cancer. Yes, smoking anything is the best option, but that should be an individual choice. Can't die uh, from THC, so that should not be an issue. He says, Rusty can pound sand. Ah, come on now, be nice. The whole
3: zero marijuana overdose thing is a misnomer. There are overdoses every year from both people taking other medications or other drugs and mixing it with marijuana. And that's that's the majority of the overdose deaths. But yeah. just about every year there's at least one when you look back, but in recent years it's jumped up to double digits where in 2012 there was 22 overdose deaths of just marijuana. Yep. 2013 there were 18, 2014 there were 18. It hmm. that has increased and the increase is reportedly due to the increase in availability of edibles. Hmm. and what they call wax, which is a higher percentage, a higher dosage of THC. So, yes, it would be incredibly difficult to find potent enough weed to smoke to overdose. But with edibles and wax and these other tinctures and and distillations, you're starting to see overdose deaths creep up because it is possible. Two grams of THC has a 50-50 shot of killing a 150-pound man. Hmm.
2: Wow, so it can be concentrated more when it's placed in those forms included in those forms. That makes total sense. So, anyhow, you you got strong opinions on both sides. We got Rusty who is, is strenu- strenuously opposed to any sort of marijuana program, be it again as we said medicinal or recreational, and Paul on the other hand is an advocate for it. And that's that's fine. So, we'll see kind of where that shakes out. CJ from Madison says I think Darius is saying moves aren't being made quick enough. We have to adjust many laws on the books. Also, why is it the governor banning CRT makes some moves all people are asking for? Yeah, I've asked that same question. I think we're going to get CRT some movement there in the next session there, C.J. I've called for that as well, and when I asked that question, it was just explained that that shit wasn't as high a priority, but I think uh, earlier in the session, but I think now that we've seen how much that nonsense has taken hold and, and root in, uh, across America's schools, it's just out of control. I think we're going to see uh, a, uh, some action there. You can overdose on water. Says Karen in Oxford, she says, and I haven't heard anyone talk about the liability issues of it staying in your system for 30 days. If you smoke a joint today and get in an accident, totally sober next week, it's in your system and you can't prove you didn't smoke it right before you left the house. Complex legal and uh, law enforcement issues for sure. Hmm. For over 13 years in the Air Force, my name was Mr. Random, says Any Anytime my squadron was testing for drugs, my name was selected. Never failed or had to worry about failing a drug test. <laughs> Interesting. We'll break aside here for uh, some messages for you. We'll come back. we got another giveaway before the show's out, before we get the Mississippi Outdoors radio going at noon. So you'll want to stay with us on the JT Show on this Monday.
4: Silence. from the seabrookpaint.com weather center i'm bob sullender for all your paint and coating needs go to seabrookpaint.com today showers and a possible thunderstorm high near 85 tonight a 20 percent chance of rain mostly cloudy low around 71 tuesday showers and thunderstorms likely high near 86 and for your wednesday showers and thunderstorms as well mostly cloudy high near 86
6: Realtors and homeowners, listen up. When it's time to buy, sell, or most importantly, move, that's when you call Two Men in a Truck. Let us take the worry out of moving so you can focus on what's important. Visit twomeninatruck.com.
10: Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umflett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten your smile. Book your appointment today at capitaldentalinc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland
14: Drive. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A shooting early Sunday morning in Biloxi has claimed the lives of three people, including a seven-month-old baby boy. Harrison County coroner Brian Switzer identified two of the victims as 34-year-old Kelly Mornay of Biloxi and 44-year-old Brian Johnson of Gulfport. An investigation is underway. And the state Supreme Court may have struck down medical marijuana, but lawmakers are hardly ignoring the will of voters. They held a Senate hearing last week and heard from medical professionals and medical marijuana advocates. Senator Daniel Sparks admits it's a process.
15: I think there'll be more hearings and input and and um it, you know it's it's like anything else and what we're seeing is a legislative process, which is very difficult because you have to get enough of a majority of the legislators yeah. to agree.
14: Several lawmakers have said they view the Supreme Court ruling as an opportunity to fix issues somehow with Initiative 65. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy
12: Davis.
0: This is The J.T. Show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone. The J.T. Show, Super Talk Mississippi. What does President Joe Biden say at the end of every speech? It's, it's become a regular statement. He always says, God bless our troops, which is great. I respect him for that and agree. However, on D-Day, yesterday, he made nary a comment about it. Not one statement on the 77th anniversary of the event. Nothing. Vice President Harris at least had one tweet and Joe Biden did as well where's the president the commander in chief he's AWOL pun intended so that's terrible and veterans are calling him out on it he did however yesterday I think it was intentional I mean I hate to say that but I really do he did however tweet about the 1921 Tulsa massacre on D-Day. Now, that's uh, also an event that should be remembered and recognized, as he did last week when he went to Tulsa and spoke, and said, we're all white supremacists, we're all racist, and that's the number one threat to the world, or American white supremacists. By the way, that's code for Trump supporters. If you're a Trump supporter, all 80 million of you... You're, by default, a white supremacist, and you are a greater threat to this country than, than foreign terrorists. That's the way he sees it. I find that reprehensible. Meanwhile, you know, we're going to turn a little bit to the national scene. Vice President Kamala Harris, she headed down to Guatemala. She gets on Air Force Two about 25 minutes later due to a technical problem on board, had to land, waited around a little bit, got on a plane. She gets on the plane, and you'll never guess what she provided in the way of snacks for the press. Because reporters follow around the vice president an entourage of approved reporters who fly on the plane on Air Force Two. The snacks, folks were cookies decorated with the shape of her likeness. A Kamala cookie. That's what she gave the press. Here, have a likeness of me. Is that not somewhat narcissistic? Egotistical at a minimum. Full of yourself at a minimum. Now, this is also the vice president, you remember, who keeps a, a list of reporters who she deems as their enemies. That's what she gave them. Look, you can go look it up out on the web. There's many reliable, reputable news sources reporting this now with photos of the cookie. This is just blows me away. It really does. Oh man. All right. So I want to get to this too and then we got another giveaway coming up. Dr. Aruna Kilanani, she is a psychiatrist and psychoanalyst. I'm not even sure I know what the difference is or that it matters honestly, but she her job ostensibly is one to
3: listens to you, the other one tells you how you're crazy.
2: Oh okay. <laughs> Lay down on the couch, please. That's where I swear. How would I ask Freud, a psychoanalyst. <laughs> I think
3: you're right. And all of his stuff's been debunked, so.
2: Yep. Well, this, this lady, uh, she previously taught at Cornell and Columbia, which are big-time schools, as you guys know, up there in New York. Uh, she was brought in as a lecturer at a Yale course. Yale School of Medicine's Department of Child Study Center. She did a presentation entitled, The Psychopathic Problem of the White Mind. This is what she said. Quote, I had fantasies of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way, burying their body, and wiping my bloody hands as I walked away relatively guiltless with a bounce in my step. Like I did the world a F-word favor, Kilinani said. That was during the talk. Now, know this. The students who attended this lecture were required to do so to pass and receive a degree in child psychology from Yale, in Connecticut, to be certified in Connecticut to practice. Mm. She went on to say that white people feel they are being bullied when people of color bring up race and describe it as a psychological predicament. We are asking a demented, violent predator who thinks they are a saint or a superhero to accept responsibility, says the good doctor. It ain't going to happen. They have five holes in their brain. It's like banging your head against a brick wall. It's just like sort of not a good idea. She said speaking to white people about race was useless because she says they are not at the same level of conversation. How can you not conclude from those remarks that this lady is a card-carrying racist in the first degree? These are just stunning comments. And, of course, the University of Yale comes out with a, a statement, and honestly, it was pretty dang weak. Let's see if I can find it here. They, they, they essentially, they don't really denounce her, they just kind of distance themselves from the statements and, and basically just say that, it you know, it doesn't align with their values. It's antithetical is the word they use with their values. But they knew. And by the way, it's, it's now been exposed and determined that they knew this was the subject matter and that she was going to do this kind of nonsense, and they still allowed her to lecture. And this is what's happening. So... You're trying to teach people how to be child psychologists? And you're spewing this kind of hateful rhetoric, racist rhetoric? It's everywhere, and it's out of control. It's ridiculous. Scott Clinton says about Kamala, you give the press a cookie, they're going to want a glass of milk. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, boy it's just every day there's a new story about this stuff and it's another situation where it's it's such there's such a double standard had this been stated by a non-minority about other races other than their race good grief the planet would have exploded they're not at the same level of conversation. Imagine that comment or I can just imagine Isn't that what Biden keeps repeating. Yeah, he does. That's he's he's not at the same level. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear at this point. I guess he forgot it was D-Day. He's only the president and the commander in chief. That really is despicable to not say a word. Not one word. Unbelievable. Oh, boy. So, we also got another giveaway. Let's do that, because we're running out of time here. Oh, yeah.
3: On October 16th, one of the greatest bands ever, Earth, Wind & Fire, will be at the Brandon Amphitheater in Brandon. And tickets for the show are going to be going on sale soon. So. Check out Ticketmaster.com or go to the Brandon Amphitheater box office for your chance to get those tickets. But now you got a chance to win a pair of tickets, and I will take into account the fact that we've had several people say they can't quite text that quickly. <laughs> so for this set of tickets to see Earth, Wind, and Fire at the Brandon Amphitheater, I want you to be the eight. Eighteenth texter good grief i'm gonna to have to count a whole bunch on here but if you are the 18th texture, to text into the c spire text line 601-879-4395 with the key phrase you will win a pair of tickets 18th person to text into the c spire text line with the key phrase shining star will win the tickets to see earth wind and fire on october 16th at the brandon amphitheater and keep on listening to the jt show all week for more chances to win
2: Wow. There you go. Shining star rolling in. Rusty from Greenville says, I was in the Air Force, and I can tell you that if you are on the control roster for any reason, there is nothing random about it. Your name will be picked for every test. I guess that's talking about the drug test. He says it really makes him mad when they fawn sympathy for people in pain, talking about the dope dealers who are only using that as an excuse to line their pockets. I feel like they are missing on my head and trying to convince me it's rain. It insults my intelligence. Rusty, just curious, how do you feel about alcohol in the the same vein, in the same context? Interesting. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Paula Meridian, he had some other comments about this. He said, "I'll change my statement in the future. If you're more likely to die from Tylenol than marijuana overdose, it also said these deaths were assumed and not proven. Also, this wasn't toxic, but a contributor. I mean, I, you know, I don't even know that that matters at this point. Honestly, if you want to put that stuff in your body, you're going to figure out a way to do it. We'll be right back."
11: The
6: The midday agri market report. Bayer and BASF are facing a rash of new lawsuits over alleged injury from their Dakamba herbicides, even as Bayer works to settle older Dakamba injury claims, and both companies appeal a recent jury verdict against them. Arkansas-based honey producer Coy's Honey Farm filed a lawsuit against Bayer in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Arkansas back on May 25th, claiming dicamba drift destroyed vegetation the farm's bees relied upon, reducing the farms' honey production and bee populations starting in 2018. A week later, June 4th, a group of wine grape growers in the High Plains of Texas filed a lawsuit in Jefferson County District Court in Texas. The new lawsuits come as Bayer and BASF are still fighting to overturn a $265 million jury verdict since reduced to $75 million against the companies for the combo injury to a peach orchard in Missouri. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Supertalk Mississippi Agri-News Network.
17: Get
9: five-star tools for your five-star dad with battery power made by steel. From mowers and blowers to trimmers and more, with the AK Homeowner Series starting at $199.99, that can get the work done quickly and make more time for what really matters. Shop online at steelusa.com slash gift guide. Pick up at over 10,000 local steel dealers. All prices MSRP includes battery and charger available to participating dealers. Dad doesn't quit until the job is done. So get him gas-powered tools from Steel that can keep up with him. From chainsaws and trimmers to blowers and more, Steel has the tools Dad needs. With legendary Steel gas-powered equipment starting at one thirty-nine ninety-nine. Shop online at steelusa.com/giftguide. Pick up at over ten thousand local Steel dealers. All prices MSRP, available participating dealers.
0: with everything you need to take on your day wake up with gallo tomorrow on 97.3 fm super talk mississippi i'm back
11: i told you i was coming back
0: this is the JT show with gerard gibbert on super talk mississippi
2: Everyone, the JT show, Super Talk Mississippi. You know, earlier in the show, we were talking about Dr. Anthony lock him up forever and throw away the key, Fauci. He visited a vaccination clinic this uh, over the weekend, and so did First Lady Dr. Jill Biden. Uh, This site was in New York. And about seventy-five protesters gathered outside. It was at a church, and they were shouting, "Fire, Fauci, and freedom over fear!" Way to go! Look, this guy's got to go. I'm telling you, you got to go. I, it's it's the duplicity, and the cover up, and the funding, in my view, of the the Wuhan lab that came from his organization, his agency. I think there are grounds for his termination. He's just enjoyed the limelight. He's on every dead gum show constantly. And all this fawning and lauding and praising him and ascribing him as deity is nauseating, frankly. Rhett and Ridgeland says, people who like... Their Second Amendment really should stay away from marijuana. My conspiracy theory is that the massive expansion of state medical marijuana programs, in contrast, it does conflict with federal laws about marijuana, enables large-scale removal of personal firearm possession. I, You know, I, I hear you, Rhett. I disagree. I think that's a stretch. Uh, I, I think the... The um, desire on the part of the left to confiscate guns and and really restrict firearm uh, ownership is a separate matter than m- medical or marijuana in general. I mean they they have they've advocated for both for a long time, recreational or the decriminalization. But
3: becoming a marijuana patient it does throw up a hurdle does. For purchasing firearms because you do have that little box you got to check on the on the background check of do you regularly use yeah. illicit drugs so if that and if that's, it if that's a federal form and it's still an illegal illicit drug at the federal level so you're either lying on the form or when you tell it, the truth they're going to say nope
2: can't have it agree it's a problem i totally agree however this is what i think would result you'd still have a burgeoning uh, under black market, under the radar black market is what I meant to say. A gray market, whatever you want to call it, just so that you didn't have all this tracking, all this information. Because it's the information, it's what you said. It's when you check the boxes and fill the forms out and so forth. Which that, that in and
3: of itself would go away if it were changed at the federal level. That's right. If so, it's no longer an illegal drug at the federal level, then... Being a marijuana user would not make you have to check that mark on the form,
2: unless there were some sort of laws right. enacted. But it's it would be tantamount to alcohol use. You don't you're not questioned about that when you purchase a firearm, right? Same thing. So, anyhow, I hear you. He, he says I. He says it's a huge stretch. Does Rhett and Rid, Ridgeland, But I like putting on the tinfoil hat every once in a while. You and millions of other folks around the country, I think. As long as
3: it's only temporary. If it's a temporary tinfoil hat, that's fine. Yeah. It's when you make it a permanent fixture, that's when it becomes a problem.
2: That's exactly right. And, and it's sort because of... not everything is a conspiracy. The whole world is not out to get you. That's right. And, it, and I, I just... That can't be healthy for your brain to sort of live life that way, Right. Uh, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I'd, so don't. I mean, stress be like in and of that. itself
3: is it's been proven to age you. It's been uh, physically and mentally. And I can only imagine if you're constantly worried about what's behind the the tree over there, or what's around the corner, can't or, be good, or the satellite watching you. That's a lot of stress.
2: Yep. didn't get to talk much about this today, but over the weekend, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm to totally. Unqualified for this job, by the way. Well, we decide former governor of Michigan. uh, Anyhow, she says over the weekend, yes, adversaries of the U.S. are capable of shutting down the nation's electrical grid at any point. And she says such attacks, cyber attacks, as we've talked about on the show, are happening all the time. She warned about vulnerabilities of the system. And, of course, we're seeing a, a surge in ransomware sieges. So she uh, she said, yeah, they do. She told that to Jake Tapper, host Jake Tapper. He's over at CNN. When asked if foreign actors have the ability to make the power grid go dark. Yeah, no question. They do. They could. They can. It's on the power suppliers' to protect their assets that's what we have to rely on but until joe biden acknowledges this is all being done at the behest of putin and Jinping in china who see this as a very effective way to harm the u.s it's going to keep going we're out of time here today on the jt show we shall return tomorrow will rhino and i stay safe god bless everyone
5: News. I'm Lillian Wu. The Supreme Court sides with the Biden administration in a major immigration ruling. Temporary
13: protected status. A humanitarian designation for immigrants facing war or disaster back home does not extend the permanent legal status if an immigrant entered the U.S. illegally. A unanimous Supreme Court ruling authored by Justice Elena Kagan finds federal immigration law prohibits anyone who entered the country illegally from seeking green cards, even if they have temporary protected status.
5: Fox's Jared Halpern in Washington Efforts continue to try and hammer out a deal on infrastructure. The
13: latest offer, uh, Senate Republicans added another $50 billion to the pot, but the White House said that offer still did not meet the president's objectives.
5: Fox's Blake Berman and the FDA has green-lighted Biogen's Alzheimer's drug. America's listening to Fox News. Saving you money, I'm Hilary Barski. As the summer approaches, a lingering gas crunch is making driving expensive. But don't let gas prices put a damper on your plans because there's ways to save at the pump. Like if gas stations allow it, the cash prices is advertised without making the distinction apparent. And if you know the difference, head to the pump with some cash in hand. Another strategy is to pick one national chain that has stations everywhere. Open a credit card with that brand and make it your go-to service station. You can save much more this week. Way. Also, use a gas app. GasBuddy is the biggest and best-known app for finding real-time prices, but there are others. The best way to save money on gas is to burn less of it, which you can do almost every time you drive with just some basic maintenance habits, like travel lighter, excess weight, diminishes fuel economy, and more importantly, don't drive aggressively. Speeding and rapid starting and stopping are almost as bad for gas mileage as they are for your safety. Saving you money, Hilary Barsky, Fox News. I mean. Need-
14: Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Beef packing companies are seeing record profits, and Mississippi beef producers are frustrated. Andy Berry with the Mississippi Cattlemen's Association and the Mississippi Beef Council explains
19: why.
15: That doesn't translate down to the farmer getting that money back. We're price takers, and when we have a product that's ready to go, uh, when that animal gets ready to be harvested, it's ready. You can't hold it another month or six months. They're ready.
14: Barry said getting the profit back down to the producer is a big issue due to a bottleneck of packing capacity.
15: There's four major companies that have the majority of that wrapped up, and they can pretty well set the prices where they're at.
14: He said there is a Department of Justice investigation underway stemming from beef packer margins during the pandemic. For more Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, or find us online at supertalk.fm. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
13: Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you, but not today. Litter is on the rise in our state, and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org.
14: The development and success of the mRNA vaccines have a chance to be a game changer. That's how Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Brian Neese with Keesler Medical Center described it while appearing on Coast View with Ricky Matthews.
9: This technology that is driving these new vaccines are going to allow us to tailor our vaccines to, for example, the flu that is hitting us this year, right, because we're always treating last year's flu just because the vaccine technology required that sort of lead time. But it's going to be agile
14: in a way that really allows us to treat and prevent disease says this could extend to diseases that were not treatable with a vaccine in the past. And tick bites are on the rise, which could lead to several illnesses, including Lyme disease or Rocky Mountain spotted fever. But as Lisa Brady with Fox explains, there are ways to prevent it. The CDC suggests pesticides in the yard and clearing tall grasses and brush.
5: Insect repellents can also help keep you safe. When you go inside, you check your clothing and put clothes
14: in the dryer for 10 minutes to kill any ticks you might have missed. I'm Andy Davis.
18: For the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASC certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Centers offers lube oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and of course tires just like Kenda. Designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Centers supports Mississippi outdoors and of course, we go the distance for you.
0: of America's music. This is Super Talk Mississippi streaming live 24-7 at supertalk.fm.
7: Delete fleet team today at 866-671-4226 or visit us online at rogersdabs.com. Rogers Dabs Chevrolet. Find new roads.
12: And the Ad Council.
1: The Ole Miss Dugout Show continues with the head coach of Rebel Baseball, Mike Bianco. Presented by First South Farm Credit. We finance the land, you build the memories. Visit
21: FirstSouthland.com. Once again, with the head coach, here's David Callum. And we're back with Rebel head coach Mike Bianco. Ole Miss and Southern Miss playing for a super regional ticket. A lot of uh, regionals across the country have had to come to this extra day, Coach, and we look
22: forward to the opportunity. Oh, no doubt. And, uh, you know, just a tough night. At the ball yard last night, especially early on, and they they just played so well, you know, especially the first two innings. And you look back at the tape today, and you know, some of it's our undoing. I don't I don't think we were the cleanest defense, you know, in the first inning. But some of it's you know you know back on you know the pitching. We gotta we gotta make some better pitches. But the truth of the matter is, Drew didn't pitch that poorly. When you look back at the tape and look at the pitches, they were just you know super hot. And and again, you know, just you know you know kind of. That big rush at the beginning where we just couldn't get off the field. After that, it seemed like we settled in, but we just couldn't get out after their relievers.
21: We're going to see uh, two pitchers actually pitched in the in uh, earlier in the regional uh, here today. What are your plans on the hill as we move through today?
22: Well, both both, got, both teams you know are going with a, a reliever that threw in game one. Uh, their guy Etheridge threw about forty pitches or so, and and uh, we're going with Jack Doherty. And uh, Jack's had a couple midweek starts for us and has been terrific out of the bullpen. After that, everybody's available, you know, just about. And so, you know, uh, you shouldn't be surprised if you see anybody run out there, get loosened up in the bullpen. This is one of those days where, you know, you got to win or the season's over. Everybody understands what's on the line. And so, you know, we'll check, you know, here in a little bit with all the pitchers and, and see what they have, you know, as far as availability. Uh, but I'd be surprised if not, you know, almost everybody on the roster isn't available today.
21: What do you tell the team coach before you run out there to, to not make it
22: too big? Well, it is big. And, and, uh, you know, I think you know to try to hide that is, is is foolish. We just want them to be their best, you know. And and there's there's a difference. And and the, the sense is, hey, you know, do what you've done all year. Be where your feet are. You know, stay in our dugout. Control what you can control. And it all sounds like coaches speak, but that's why coaches speak that. It's 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 important that you know we stay locked into the pitches, not into the results, and not into what's happening necessarily on the scoreboard. Uh, but can you win this pitch? Can you, you know, make the pitch on the? Can you uh, have a good at back? Can you have a quality at back? Can you make the play in the field? And, and really, just to give you a best effort, you know, to, to be positive and go after it. And, you know, our, our guys have had their backs against the wall on oh, weekends right. in uh, SEC tournament. They're, they're used to this. And, uh, and so I would be shocked if, you know, today we didn't play great. Coach, thank you so much. I wish you the best. Thank
21: you. Coach Bianco the head coach of the Rebels, Old Miss and Southern, coming up. And uh, we'll continue their pregame show shortly in the Old Miss Radio Network.
12: Your husband is pretty handy to have around. He makes the world's best mac and cheese. Lunch is ready. He's in the Tickle Monster Hall of Fame. <laughs> and he can teach anyone how to throw strikes. But a busted pipe and a basement full of water? Honey, I think we need a plumber. He's a little out of his league. That's where a homeowner's policy from Shelter Insurance comes in handy. We'll help get your house back in order and your husband back to what he does best.
0: <laughs> Find an agent at shelterinsurance.com. We're your shield.
1: We're your shelter. The home of the Rebels. This is the All Miss Sports Network from Learfield, IMG College. savings, more selection, more affordable payments, and more for your trade. Pay only $1.99 per month on new 2021 Mitsubishi Mirage G4. We have the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross in stock right now. And come check out the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Think you can't get approved? Think again. Our credit specialists are st- Standing by to get you approved today because 100 credit approval is our number one goal, and we'll give you top dollar for your old vehicle even if you don't buy a new one from us. So if you want more savings, more selection, more affordable payments, and more for your trade, then get to Richmond Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road, call 896 9600 today, or visit RichmondMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Rich Mitsubishi.
19: Mitsubishi g 1795.
11: for proof credit. Head counselor.
1: Welcome back to the Ole Miss Dugout Show. It's time now for today's starting lineups, brought to you by Atmos Energy, your natural gas company.
21: And we're going to look at the starting lineups for you here. We are in a rain delay, and uh, Hindu and I are live at the moment, but we're in a rain delay, and the first game is, uh, or the game is not going to start until 106 is their target, whether that's going to happen or or not i don't know i know keith carter's wife's here jill carter she's patiently waiting with her daughter and it's her birthday today hey happy birthday jill now jill if we lose on your birthday you know that's not a good thing <laughs> so happy birthday jill carter uh we wish her a happy birthday maybe a rebel championship today as well but we are kind of uh rolling through our pregame show then we're going to go into some rain delay stuff or send it back to our stations that have live operators who want to entertain you and help you keep up with the weather as well but The starting lineups today will feature Southern Mississippi as the visiting team and leading off will be Gabe Montenegro. Coach Scott Berry's kept this same lineup pretty much all year long. The left fielder, Batson, throws left-handed. He's a junior from Guatemala City, Guatemala. Batting second will be Reed Trimble, the center fielder. He's a switch hitter that throws right-handed, a freshman from Brandon, Mississippi. Hitting third is Charlie Fisher, the DH, left-hand hitting sophomore from Medina, Minnesota. The cleanup batter for the Golden Eagles today will be Christopher Sargent, Sargent's the first baseman. Batson throws right-handed, a sophomore from Wilmer, Alabama and Coastal Alabama South Community College. And the five-hole hitter will be Reese Ewing, the right fielder. Batson throws left-handed, a sophomore from Mobile, Alabama. He transferred from Pearl River Community College down in Poplarville. Batting sixth is Danny Lynch, the third baseman. Lynch is a left-handed hitting sophomore from Jupiter, Florida. Hitting seventh is Will McGillis, the second baseman. He's a right-handed hitter, a sophomore from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, hitting 8th will be Blake Johnson, the catcher, right-handed hitting sophomore from Gulfport, Mississippi, played at Jones College. And batting ninth will be Dustin Dickerson, the shortstop, right-handed hitting freshman from Laurel, Mississippi, who played at West Jones. And on the hill, as we mentioned earlier in our pitching matchup segment, will be Ben Etheridge, 6-1 and with a 2.65 ERA, the right-handed freshman from Collinsville, Mississippi, second outing in this event. First time as a starter, uh, the, the the relief outing for him was like, his first all year. So he'll be back in the starting role. He does have 40 pitches under his belt already in this uh, regional. And now uh, looking at the Ole Miss starting lineup, they're bumping us to 2, they said, I think. So we're looking at 2 o'clock now. We'll look at the Rebel starting lineup. Jacob Gonzalez, the shortstop, will lead off. Left-hand hitting freshman from Gondor, California. Batting second, Peyton Chatney, the second baseman. Right-hand hitting sophomore from Cypress, Texas. The three-hole hitter is Kevin Graham for Ole Miss, the left fielder. Bats left, throws right, junior from O'Fallon, Missouri. Hitting cleanup is Tim Elko, the designated hitter. Right-handed batting senior from Lutes, Florida. Batting fifth is Justin Bench, the third baseman. Right-handed hitting junior from Reddington Beach, Florida. T.J. will bat six, the center fielder. Bats left, throws right, a freshman from Cantonment, Florida. Hitting seventh is Hayden Dunhurst, the catcher. Sophomore from Career, Mississippi. Hitting eighth will be Hayden Leatherwood, the right fielder. Bats left, throws right, he's a senior from Collierville, Tennessee and Northwest Mississippi Community College. And batting ninth is Calvin Harris, the first baseman. Harris, the left-handed hitting freshman, and uh, throws right-handed from Fiosta, Iowa. Catcher by trade, but he'll be at first base and get that left-handed bat in the lineup. Jack Doherty will be on the hill for old Miss, 2-2 two and two with a 3.92 earned run average, uh, and he's a right-handed freshman from Collierville, Tennessee, and Collierville High School. And that's a look at the starting lineups brought to you by Atmos Energy, your natural gas company. And so we've been told by the public address again, so we assume that is correct. We haven't been getting the word officially, but Glenn's about as official as it gets. We've, we're moving to 2 o'clock now, so a 2.06 uh, first pitch will be when it uh, takes place for us here with Ole Miss and Southern Mississippi. But we want to thank uh, Atmos Energy for sponsoring our starting lineup, your natural gas company. Of course, Scott Berry, the head coach for USM in his 12th year of South. West Missouri State grad in 1986. He's 1-1 one one now against Ole Miss in NCAA regional play. And the head coach for the Rebels, Mike Bianco, out of Seminole, Florida. And he is now 20-22 and 22 all-time against USM and 1-1 one and one in regional play as well. As Coach Bianco is trying to lead the Rebels to their sixth super regional here today, Hindu.
4: Yeah, two, two of the best to do it. We're fortunate in the state of Mississippi to have Mike Bianco and and Scott Berry and a lot of respect between those two men and and their staffs and for for each of them's ball clubs and you know they've been doing it for so long David they're such a staple at at each other's programs so you know you 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 hate to do it because you know we're buddies with with their staff and we're obviously pulling for our staff and somebody's got to lose today you
21: certainly hope it's Southern Miss today but (laughs) uh you know a lot a lot of a lot of respect on both sides of uh the dugouts today. And Mississippi State is leading Campbell 4-3 as they are playing Starkville. Uh, Campbell's got the bases loaded in the bottom of the third, uh, and they're trying to escape that, or the Bulldogs. State wins that game. They will have punched the ticket to the Super Regional as well. If Campbell wins, they'll have to play a second game uh, down in Starkville. Have you spent hours searching for websites for your perfect candidate for your organization? Service specialist.
6: take a pause
5: cringe alert we're talking blood sucking parasites no no not politicians we are talking about deer ticks researchers say much of the u.s. is going to see a bumper crop of ticks this year because there was so much rain over the spring john oliver with the university of minnesota school of public health says they were creeping up as early as march in minnesota A time and place when ticks just aren't supposed to be around.
7: We had those you know, 70-degree days, and uh, we're able to find large numbers of adult deer ticks.
5: Those deer ticks, of course, known to produce Lyme disease in humans and pets.
7: These diseases, they're a lot more easily prevented than treated, you know, and so uh, prevention is the key.
5: So you're going to want to slather on insect repellent with DEET and get a flea and tick preventative for your pets... Or go hide in the basement. Take pause. Chill, NATO. Fox News.
0: Mississippi News doesn't sleep, and neither do we.
6: Fox
16: on Tech. Google is getting into the healthcare industry. The search giant struck a deal with a hospital chain to create health-focused algorithms that will be built using patient records. Google is working with HCA Healthcare, which operates nearly 2,000 hospitals in 21 states, and the deal will give Google access to information from 32 million annual patient interactions. Both companies say the multi-year deal will have both Google and HCA engineers working together to develop algorithms to improve efficiency, monitor patients, and help doctors make decisions. HCA's chief medical officer, Dr. Jonathan Perlin, said of the agreement that, quote, data are spun off every patient in real time, and that this will build a central nervous system to help interpret the various signals. CNET reports a 2019 deal between Google and Ascension raised red flags among lawmakers as it quietly collected health data on millions of Americans without informing them. Google will not have access to patient-identifiable information. With Fox on Tech, Brett Larson, Fox News.
0: From the Magnolia State to the world, you are listening to Super Talk Mississippi, Mississippi at supertalk.fm.
13: This show was previously recorded.
2: On Mississippi Outdoors uh, Radio. So now, Mr. Flint, is it alligator season or not? It is
23: not alligator season, but right. it is time to get prepared for it if you're interested. Okay. What do you need to do to get going? So, uh, alligator season this year will uh, start out at 12 noon on August 27th. It'll go for 10 days through 12 noon, September 6th. If you're interested in partaking partaking in the alligator hunting season and you want to get a permit to go do that, you need to get prepared now because there is an application process that will begin starting at 10 a.m. June 1st, and it'll last for a week through 10 a.m. June the 8th. It is an electronic process, very simple. You'll go to our website, very first thing that's going to pop up after 10 a.m. June is a link to uh, start that application process. Um, it's free, but there is a $2.34 processing fee uh, for the application. And uh, you'll simply go to that website, do that. Um, you need to be a resident of Mississippi at least 16 years of age to be eligible to apply. Uh, we also make it eligible for non-residents if you have one of our lifetime license. Uh, if you're a lifetime license holder, then you can also do that. Uh, last year, we had over 5,500 applications submitted uh, for the 2020 ap- uh, permit season. And um, like I say, we'll do this for a week. Um, on June the 12th, excuse me, June the 14th, at 12 noon, the first drawing will take place, and we will draw... Uh, the allocated number of applicants or, or permits from each of the seven alligator hunting zones. There are seven alligator hunting zones that are statewide um, across the state. Uh, they're ba- basically divided uh, by boundaries of things like interstates, highways, and state state lines. And most of those... Uh, Hunting zones encompass a major ro- uh, river system of some sort, and all of its tributaries, and it works out very convenient. And so, that first drawing takes place on June fourteenth. Those winners will be notified by email, uh, and an email is required when you make application. So uh, be sure that you submit your application with an email that you're familiar with, someone one that you're going to check uh, and go back to on June fourteenth. When the winners uh, receive that email, there will be a link on, in the email that they will click on. that will send them straight to the permit purchasing process. They're going to have uh, 48 hours, basically, uh, to, to purchase that permit, and at the end of that deadline, it will close, and we will then assess uh, those number of permits that have been sold, any uh, permits that are left available. We'll have a second drawing that takes place on June 22nd. Um, and that email also will go out at 12 noon. And those folks will have basically 48 hours to permit to purchase their permit as well. So why do we have an alligator
2: season? Is there something that's, uh, I guess, that's purposed in
23: thinning out the population? Or is it just for sport, for hunting, or a little combination? or? Well, it really goes back to... Going to the Endangered Species Act, uh, when alligators were pulling endangered species list back in 1987, yeah. uh, later taken off, excuse me, they were put on the endangered species list in 1967, taken yeah. off the list in 1987. Uh, they are still afforded some federal protection. All of the management has been uh, given from the feds over to the state wildlife agencies. Um, because there is still a requirement for 100%. Uh, reporting of alligators being harvested because they are a CITES regulated species. CITES stands for the Convention of International Trade of Endangered Species. Uh, They are one of those species that can show up at international ports for trade, and because of their similarity of appearance to Mm. other endangered crocodiles throughout the world, they must be identified as to exactly what Mm. species they are and what country they came from. Hmm. So for that reason, all the states must uh, obtain 100% reporting of all the alligators that are harvested in the event that they wind up in uh, commercial trade. So uh, that being the case, we do a uh, special permitted drawing to allow those permitted hunters to be involved, and through that permit process, we have this communication now where we work through the emails, we have 100% reporting every hunter must submit a online alligator harvest report and then we give them the necessary documentation that they need to be able to retain that alligator so that's kind of where it all comes from
2: i have a message here for you this is uh, from douglas from McComb. not sure if you know him he says tell
23: mr flint he's doing a good job gator hunting okay thanks <laughs> douglas there you go uh, Look, we've got a lot of people out there in the state of Mississippi that are interested in alligator hunting, and it has become very popular. Uh, this started in 2005 as a very, very limited opportunity just here on a 13-mile stretch of waterway here on the Pearl River just above Ross Barnett Reservoir. It has grown tremendously. Um, even back in 2005, we, we had the uh, mindset that at some point we were going to be able to provide a statewide alligator hunting opportunity we just kind of put the hamster in the cage Mm -hmm. and we ran things for a number of years we tweaked along as we went all the while expanding those opportunities until we began basically our first statewide alligator hunting season in 2013 which was basically three quarters of the state and then 2014 went completely statewide Um, and so having done that Um, we continue to monitor alligator populations we want to make sure number one that we're not uh, causing any problems we're not going to revert back to the same type of problems we had back before the endangered species situation and um, are we threatening the alligator population at the harvest levels that we're at now absolutely not Uh, but we also don't have the intention of getting even close Uh, but we do know And we, as we knew back before 2005, we've got enough alligators out here that we can allow some limited alligator harvest, uh, provide some recreational hunting opportunities to the people of Mississippi. And it has become very popular. Um, Just last year, we had over 5,500 applications. And um, you can tell by the number of people that are out there hunting uh, that it is very popular. And some of these people are as... uh, involved and uh, passionate about alligator hunting as the most serious deer hunter or the most serious turkey Mm -hmm. hunter and so um it's something that they look forward to it's something they schedule their vacation time around and it and it can and it can become a family event uh it is very much a social event it's not something where you've got to be uh smelling just right like when you're deer hunting it doesn't matter really how you smell Mm -hmm. um you can make some noise compared to uh, turkey hunting. You can move around a little bit, but uh, we we do know that it's uh, it's a very unique situation, and uh, it can be uh, tremendously dangerous, uh, more from the standpoint of being out on the waterways, navigating in boats at night on waterways, uh, often with a lot of gear and uh, equipment in, on board, usually three to four people in a boat, and so that alone presents a dangerous situation way more over than just trying to catch and handle an alligator. Hmm.
2: What, did we do something, I remember 1967 where there was a lot of focus, I think, on endangered species, and I'm not sure when the act, there was an act passed at the federal level, I want to say.
23: 1967. Okay.
2: Yep. Well, I remember that as a child, mm-hmm. and alligators were one of the animals that were discussed regularly as far as being endangered. What did we do exactly to,
23: I guess, see such a incredible return of the numbers of alligators? Well leading up to the endangered species listing of alligators alligators t- traditionally have been a very uh, high commodity p- product uh, their hides are very important in the commercial trade uh, and because of that there was a lot of illegal harvest the Endangered Species Act basically made it illegal for anyone to harvest an alligator anywhere in the country I got you. all in one given point uh, that protected the alligators for over 20 years allowing them to rebound.
2: Well, I think it's great. It's cool that they're that they're back and so many other species as well and they're uh, we'll talk about it when we come back, but they're a pretty critical part of the overall ecology. Absolutely. As well, are they not? All right. We'll take a break right here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio. We'll be right back.
0: At supertalk.fm.
11: The Dean's List with Janice Dean.
12: A generous couple helping families in the Los Angeles area makes today's Dean's List. Crystal Duhaney is a registered nurse and soon-to-be mother of three. Crystal and her husband Patrick know how expensive raising a family can be, so they wanted to give back to their community by stuffing money into baby supplies across neighborhood Target stores. Crystal says she and her husband hope that parents that buy the items and find the money will have a brighter day. An Instagram video showing the husband and wife duo has gone viral. They say they know how hard it is as new parents to even buy some of the most basic things for a child. And that's what inspired them to help others, especially during the pandemic. To Crystal and Patrick, thank you for giving back to your community. You both made the Dean's List. Janice Dean, Fox News.
16: He
0: doesn't accept the narrative. He questions it. We're just getting
7: to the bottom of this. Gallo, every single morning from 6 till 9.
0: Super Talk Mississippi. No other news team covers the Magnolia State like Super Talk Mississippi News, on air with reports every hour and breaking news as it happens. Your news all the time, on air and online at supertalk.fm.
1: Military
16: matters.
19: On any given day, the U.S. Navy has 100 ships deployed around the world, one third of its current fleet, a Navy much smaller since the Reagan buildup of the 80s when the Navy had 600 warships. Deployments have grown long and frequent both crew and equipment. Navy officials worry the pace of aircraft carrier deployments is breaking the fleet. USS Theodore Roosevelt returned home last week after making two deployments in the past year. The Pentagon just ordered the Pacific-based USS Ronald Reagan to deploy to the Middle East to relieve the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower, also on her second deployment in the past year.
0: Those are really choices we shouldn't have to make
19: as a superpower. Roger Zakheim is director of the Reagan Institute. Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks says this year's $715 billion defense budget puts priority on new weapons, not old ones.
12: We lessen our reliance on vulnerable systems that are no longer suited for today's advanced threat environment or are too costly to sustain.
19: For Military Matters at the Pentagon, Lucas Tomlinson, Fox News.
14: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Beef packing companies are seeing record profits, and Mississippi beef producers are frustrated. Andy Berry with the Mississippi Cattlemen's Association and the Mississippi Beef Council explains why.
15: That doesn't translate down to the farmer getting that money back. We're price takers, and when we have a product that's ready to go, uh, when that animal gets ready to be harvested, it's ready. You can't hold it another month or six months. They're ready.
14: Barry said getting the profit back down to the producer is a big issue due to a bottleneck of packing capacity.
15: There's four major companies that have the majority of that wrapped up, and they can pretty well set the prices where they're at.
14: He said there is a Department of Justice investigation underway stemming from beef packer margins during the pandemic. For more Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, or find us online at supertalk.fm. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
7: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Join us every day for the college football fix driven by Ford. Ford builds the SUVs and trucks of the future for everyone. Like Explorer and Expedition, these SUVs are built to command the road. And the 2021 Ford F-150, smart, tough, and built to get the job done. Because the vehicles of the future aren't built for a few, they are built for America. Drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today and don't miss the college football fix driven by Ford. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops
1: some
11: helpful knowledge. Our members get to take advantage of several of our business partnerships. Today I want to talk about one in particular, Ford. As a Mississippi Farm Bureau member, you are eligible for $500 bonus cash on a new Ford truck. Take advantage of this and many other great perks and join us today. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it.
13: This show was previously recorded.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Mississippi Outdoors Radio each week on the program. We feature one of Mississippi's state parks this week. It's Legion State Park. It's located in Louisville, Mississippi. Legion State Park was the fourth park to be developed by the Civilian Conservation Corps, or the CCC, and remains as unspoiled today as when the Choctaw Indian Nation first inhabited the area centuries ago. The park has two lakes with a total of 16 acres of water. The larger 12-acre lake, Lake Tapasha, has excellent catfish, bass, crappie, and brim fishing. Legion offers 15 RV campsites and six cabins. They have nature trails, fishing, and picnicking. The Legion Lodge will accommodate up to 75 people for meetings or banquets. You can make a reservation by visiting our website at www.mdwfp.com or calling 1-800-467-2757, or you can call the park direct at 662 773-8323. 773 Don't forget, you can purchase an annual park permit for $50, and that gives you access to all the state parks for a year. That's Legion State Park. It's on Legion State Park Road in Louisville, Mississippi, and Tim Flake is the manager. All right, so we had a question here. Um, let's see if I can find it. Ricky, uh, this is from Light, Well, and Supply. He says uh wants to know about does Mississippi have a gator harvest program?
23: We talked about that the egg harvest yeah. That, yeah. yeah yeah, so no we don't we don't permit the removal of eggs uh from private land or on public waters um, He's probably familiar uh, with the program that is conducted by the state of Louisiana. Uh, the state of Louisiana has a tremendous alligator program." Uh, that deals specifically with private lands. And it is basically a put-and-take program where landowners can apply for their property, be given permits to take eggs, and they can then uh, sell them to the alligator farm facilities. Uh, In return, uh, I think now it's probably about 14% of those viable eggs that hatch must be returned back to the wild at the property from which they came right uh, So it, it is a huge program. It, it helps bolster the uh, alligator ranching um, commodities uh, and and that alone uh, has helped the alligator um, status in the country in that by having a highly regulated commercial, Alligator farming business uh, or program, such as what is in Louisiana particularly, um, that's taken a lot of the pressure off of the wild alligators out there as far as poaching, as as people might call it. Um, When you talked about the alligators being put on the endangered species list in 1967, that was the problem. The the value of the alligator hide was so much that people were uh, harvesting alligators year-round, poaching them. Um, putting them into the market to try and get some money for them. Uh, When all these Endangered Species Acts came about and states began to uh, enact alligator programs and alligator regulations, specifically dealing with each state, uh, that helped the alligator population rebound. And during this time, Louisiana and uh, Florida in particular were creating these huge Commercial markets uh, to commercially raise alligators on a farm, Uh, and now those farm-raised alligators are what are harvested uh, for the commercial uh, business, and that has taken a lot of the pressure off wild alligators. Now, still, there are still wild alligator hides that are being used in in the commercial market, but not near to the extent that they once were. Hmm.
2: Interesting. All right, so. That was uh, I said. I think I said that light well of supplies. One of our our um, our listeners there. So this is from Rusty from Greenville. I have to be honest here. I don't understand the logic of encouraging the return of an apex water predator and waters that people recreate, recreate, and just for hunting. Read that again. It's, I think he's basically having. Uh, some consternation here <clears throat> about hunting for alligators and allowing hunting for alligators, okay. but I think you you addressed that. Go ahead. Yeah.
23: So I mean, um, alligators basically have no predators to control their population other than man and uh, other alligators. Once they become about four feet long, that's it. It's man and other alligators. Um, And so the populations, uh, as we saw and continue to see, will continue to expand. We actually have alligators now in more places in Mississippi than we had 100 years ago uh, because of the rebound of the population. But uh, through regulated permitting, uh, through an education process, which is – traditionally has been required of every permit holder they had to go through a uh, a training class that we provide which is by by uh coincidence is now uh provided online uh that people can go to through our website and watch now 24 hours a day uh and get educated about how to hunt alligators um so we provide this opportunity folks and it is a very safe uh hunting environment um I, we don't have enough time for me to go in and and try to explain the whole alligator hunting process, but uh, the question, you know, I understand it. Uh, if you've watched a lot of television, you probably have a very convoluted concept about what alligators are and how dangerous they are. They are not the man-eating predators uh, that, uh, that Hollywood and the media has portrayed them to be. Yeah. So I I know we
2: touched on it just a minute before we went to the break, but they they do have a place in the overall ecosystem as well, uh, do alligators. And I think we actually had a question on that. This is from Jerry in Waynesboro. What do they contribute to the
23: environment? What's their place in there? Well, we like to think that every species of wildlife that is out there uh, is here for a very unique reason. It has a place in the ecosystem. Um, even mosquitoes have a place in the ecosystem. Do they bother us? Absolutely. Right. Uh, are they a pest? Absolutely. Um, but uh, where alligators exist, they do, um, they do create habitats that some species of other wildlife depend on. Um, we know that alligator nests once they're abandoned are utilized by certain species of turtles they seek out old alligator nests to actually lay their eggs Uh, in the coastal marsh areas there are certain species of fish and amphibians and things like this that all utilize areas that are manipulated by alligators so Uh, they also are like someone said they're apex predator they they prey upon live and dead uh, animals Um, they are part of that system so they have a place and it's 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 our job to protect all wildlife and make sure that they're all protected in some form or fashion
2: so i mean i i just can't imagine just with my very rudimentary understanding of nature in general that there's any species of any animal that doesn't have some place in, right. in that ecosystem.
23: And and where the, a, a place that has become very uh, common for state agencies, wildlife biologists alike, uh, to have to deal with more so are the displacement of wildlife into new areas where they did not previously exist, uh, such as the nutria uh, that is very common in Mississippi. It's very common across the southeast. That's a Southeast South American rodent that was brought into the United States back in the 1930s. Uh, they were brought here uh, to, to bolster the, the fur industry uh, back in those days. They were in a very uh, contained farm near uh, Avery Island, Louisiana. A hurricane came through that year, destroyed the facility, and the neutra uh, were released into the wild. Since that time, the 1930s, we now experience having neutra all across this country, uh, and they have wreaked havoc on native habitats where they exist. Uh, It's a multimillion-dollar program in the state of Louisiana and other states to try and eradicate neutra where they exist because of their impact on our native wildlife. And so, you know, you can take an animal from one place release it somewhere else it may be able to survive there it may be able to propagate but the impacts that it has on our native wildlife can be astronomical i got it when we come
2: back i want to ask you about whether or not people should be frightened of alligators and hear what you have to say about that ricky we'll be right back here on mississippi outdoors radio on the jt show stay with us
13: This show was previously recorded.
0: Welcome to Summertime in Mississippi.
19: It's hot out here. It is so hot out there. summertime.
7: As we always say, welcome to the state with the purest form of humidity.
0: The hottest talk all summer long. Heats on, baby, heats on. Super Talk Mississippi. Available on the Super Talk app and at supertalk.fm.
13: Small business under siege. Annapolis, Maryland, site of the commencement ceremony for the Naval Academy. It was this past weekend, and it's usually a huge weekend for restaurants and bars. And with the coronavirus pandemic seemingly over in many people's minds, with the restrictions being pulled back, the customers were there, but not the employees. Brian Bolter owns the Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85. We are struggling to fill all jobs that we have in this building, from back of the house to the front of the house, And it impacts customer service. People see open tables because we can't seat them. They're on a two-hour wait. Customer experience is terrible. It's harder on our employees, all because we cannot get people to come off the sidelines and work. Bolter says the big problem is generous unemployment benefits. Maryland right now is paying $35,000 a year for people to take the summer off. And so guess what? People are going to take the summer off. And we have jobs that pay that, and they're not taking them. And we have jobs that pay much more than that, and they're not taking those either. So if you're going to give an incentive for people to stay
0: home and enjoy the summer, they're going to take it.
5: saving you money. I'm Hillary Barski. As the summer approaches, a lingering gas crunch is making driving expensive. But don't let gas prices put a damper on your plans, because there's ways to save at the pump. Like if gas stations allow it, the cash prices advertise without making the distinction apparent. And if you know the difference, head to the pump with some cash in hand. Another strategy is to pick one national chain that has stations everywhere. Open a credit card with that brand and make it your go-to service station. You can say much more this way. Also, use a gas app. Gas Buddy is the biggest and best-known app for finding real-time prices, but there are others. The best way to save money on gas is to burn less of it, which you can do almost every time you drive with just some basic maintenance habits, like travel lighter, excess weight, diminishes fuel economy, and more importantly, don't drive aggressively. Speeding and rapid starting and stopping are almost as bad for gas mileage as they are for your safety. Saving you money, Hilary Barsky, Fox News. Solutions.
7: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk, Mississippi. Join us every day for the college football fix driven by Ford. Ford builds the SUVs and trucks of the future for everyone, like Explorer and Expedition. These SUVs are built to command the road. And the 2021 Ford F-150, smart, tough and built to get the job done because the vehicles of the future aren't built for a few they are built for america drive one at your local mississippi four dealer today and don't miss the college football fix driven by
0: From the birthplace of america's music this is super talk mississippi streaming live 24 7 at supertalk.fm
13: this show was previously recorded
2: Everyone, uh, Mississippi Outdoors Radio here, Super Talk Mississippi. All right, Ricky, what should humans think about uh, alligators? Should they come up on one? Are they um, are they aggressive? Will they come after you? I, I keep thinking about them, dang cottonmouths. I've been seeing, by the way, uh, Adam out at the golf course saw another one this weekend, and I generally try to stay away from those dudes. They'll come after you. Cottonmouths will. What
23: about alligators? They won't come after you. Uh, alligators have a natural fear of people and human activity. Um, where we begin to see problems are where, one, where people have a tendency to want to throw food out for alligators. Um, people have this attraction with wildlife. We put bird feeders out in our backyards to attract birds, Um Hunting clubs put out feeders to attract deer and turkey to bring them in closer to watch them and and do things like that, and people do the same thing with alligators. They 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 want to see the alligator up closer, so we start throwing food out there to them, and uh, over time those alligators begin to associate uh, that activity of food uh, and human activity, and they correlate that to a source of food, yeah. a handout, and that can become a very dangerous situation, particularly to the person who comes to the area and ab- knows absolutely nothing about there being an alligator there, much less that uh, someone's been feeding it. And uh, the alligators can then uh, approach people expecting that handout, and then um, that can become very dangerous. Also, you know, in areas of high recreation, um, particularly places like here around the Rossbornette Reservoir and the Pearl River, um tens of thousands of hours spent recreating on the waterways and I think one of your listeners uh text in a, a message you know about you know the concerns about apex predators in areas where people recreate the the uh, history has shown us that alligators in Mississippi are not dangerous um, we've never documented an alligator attack on people uh, hmm. on a human in the state of Mississippi Um There have been a number of accidents, uh, but those always involve people who were trying to handle the alligators themselves uh, and got hurt. Um, Now, is that a problem in other states, particularly like Florida? Yes, absolutely. They've had a number of fatalities uh, going way back in history. Uh, But uh, the state of Florida also has, uh, for lack of a better word, boo-coodles, more alligators than we have in Mississippi. They also have boocoodles of more people. Uh, Tremendous amounts of habitat available uh, for alligators, and as you know, uh, developers like to develop homes and businesses around the water, and where the water is in Florida, the alligators exist as well, and uh, it's just a recipe for disaster in some cases. You just can't uh, manage it as well. Uh, we, We do a We try to do a good job of uh, receiving phone calls and and, uh, hints from the public about people that may be out feeding alligators, and we do enforce that. It is illegal to feed an alligator in the state of Mississippi for obvious reasons, and we will enforce that. We had one listener
2: says, this is what I wait for every year. Can't wait. I'd rather do this than deer hunt. Yep. Cool. Rusty from Greenville, by the way, he did clarify about uh, in, encouraging the return of the alligators into the water, so he said, my point was that mixing alligators in the same waters people swim and fish in seems like a disaster waiting to happen. So why do it? But
23: yeah, so you know we're not we're not taking alligators and and returning them to these areas of high recreation. Um, we do respond to hundreds of nuisance alligator complaint calls every year in the state. Yeah, uh, particularly on the Gulf Coast. Uh, is probably the highest uh, density of alligator complaint calls, and then right here around the Jackson area uh, associated with the Pearl River Ross yeah. Barnett Reservoir. But again, it's it's about alligator populations that already existed, and we are uh, developing a metropolis around the habitat where alligators already exist before us, people, right before there were people, <laughs> and so uh, you know it. We do the best we can to to manage that, and we remove all those alligators. Uh, the vast majority of them are not even relocated. Yeah. We euthanize them uh, hmm. before uh, really? if they are if you they if they're creating a problem uh, for our uh, officers and our agent trappers for their own safety, if he's over six feet long, we traditionally do not relocate them. Wow,
2: all right, Adam, what's coming up on TV this
23: week? Uh,
20: Mississippi Outdoors Television. Uh, this week there will be an uh, archery hunt for deer at Kane Mount Wildlife Management Area down gotcha. near, near Port Gibson. We're and then uh, amberjack and red snapper fishing off the coast. So Mississippi Outdoors TV Thursday nights at 7.30 on MPB and then again Saturday at 5.30. Sounds
2: very cool. That's a wrap here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio. Rhino and I will be in the studio with you tomorrow. Stay safe, everyone, and God bless.
0: All the red white, and blue and This show was a Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.